demented people gathering to discuss films, disturbed films, demented films. These people know not what they do. They do not think before they speak, for they are bastards. Daily grindhouse bastards, giving the opinions no one asked for, yet demand to know. This is The Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. Episode 10, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Fall of the Original Six. Now please rise for our national anthem. Welcome everybody to Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo, and with me, the one, the only, Doug Tilly. He's Doug Tilly, fan-rific! Yeah. Yay. yay, yay, thank you so much, Mo. <laughs> I, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's Doug. It's uh, Sweetback from DailyGrindhouse.com, and uh, today we have a very... Very, very special episode of Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget. Look, let's not build his head up too much, man. You know, like uh, you know, he's he's got his own show to produce. Well, well, who (laughs) are you referring to, Mo? Oh, Mister Mister. Well, what do you want to be called today, John? I'd like you both to call me Cecile. So we've got Cecile with us today from the after movie. I refuse. (laughs) <laughs> no, I thought the specialness he was referring to was the film we were covering, not me, not little old me. No. So who is it again? Let's just get this straight for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, I, you can call him Cecile. I'm going to call him John from After Movie Diner. Yeah, call me John. Yeah, call me Ishmael. Yeah. 
Call me Ishtar. Call me Sicily Tyson. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> no, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, Mo, I'm Mo Spartacus is Spartacus. And so is my wife. <laughs> Oh, by the way, today we're recording a podcast, uh, and it's hey. it's about a movie. Uh, for once, for once, we're talking about a movie, um, and this movie is called Rock Paper Scissors: The Fall of the Original Six. And why well, is Doug, this? A, sorry, Doug, why? Yes, this this title sounds awfully familiar. It sounds like maybe something you might have talked about in the past. I won't shut the fuck up about it. I just <laughs> keep talking and talking. Oh, wait, this, I'm sorry. I forgot to I forgot to add a word in there. This sounds like a movie you talked about incessantly in the past. <laughs> I, I I I'll be totally honest with uh, both John and Mo uh, that that I am very proud of my experience working on this movie, which by the way is why we're talking about it today. This is the tenth episode of Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. Making it a very special anniversary episode, which is why I can't John, believe we lasted this long. I can't I'm either. very honored to be here. Looks like we made it. I had my nipples waxed for the occasion. <laughs> as did we all. As did we all. Wait, I didn't get the memo on that. Uh, anyway, so the movie... We just assumed, being Canadian, your nipples were already waxed. Yeah, we assumed you didn't have any body hair. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I told you, no, that's for because I like to be aerodynamic when recording the podcast. Well, that's why I assumed. So the movie is something that I worked on back in, I think it was 2006. The years tend to blend together when you're as old as I am. Um, and it is something that I do have a lot of fond memories about. However, it's very important to mention to any of the listeners out there that it is not a good movie. And, uh, in fact, it can only very vaguely be described as a movie. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we keep loosely banding about this term. I'm not quite sure what it is. It, it, it Existed at some point on a DVD. There was a screening. There was actually multiple screenings in a location here in the city where I live where people paid to watch it. Suckers. Yeah, but weren't, weren't they like sadomasochists or something? Didn't you get them all out of some sort of underground bar? Yeah. Jonathan, all of my friends are sadomasochists, <laughs> so I don't think oh, okay. uh, that that's anything uh, that we should be uh, complaining about. They paid. No, they paid their hard-earned money to watch this movie, which, uh, I mean, that doesn't speak to their intelligence, but perhaps it doesn't speak to our intelligence that we're going to be talking about it today. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think that anyone should be too down on it. Well, I want everyone to go down on this movie, uh, because, okay. uh, yeah, please, you start, and we'll watch, and uh, while you fin- I, I'll begin the fellatio, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind being the fellator. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Sound effect. We're classy. I'm usually the guy who, who keeps things classy on this podcast, so I'm just gonna I'm yeah. gonna take that roll and grab it by the short dick. and curlies. Dick. <laughs> I'm gonna grab <laughs> that roll by the dick and just shove it into my face and just <laughs> just stare by at it. Harry Fassbender cock. By no. the, now I'm distracted totally. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So we're talking about no, shame I was, I today. Legit- Sorry. Yes. No. No. I was legitimately gonna say, and I, I bring it back seriously as well. Um, that uh, I think with these films in particular, the, the ones where it's shot on video and it's obviously like a group of friends trying to, trying to make something and do something and, and create something, I think that there is a certain headspace or a certain vibe you need to, to get into to watch them. And I think if you've had that experience yourself, uh, if you've, and I think each one of us has done, uh, obviously Doug has, but in, I think Mo has as well. Mm-hmm. We've all done filming and, and um, getting groups of friends together to perform something in front of a camera or whatever it is. I have a prestigious amount of sex tapes, for example, no, <laughs> and um, involving midgets. Four but, stars. Um, 
<laughs> Two thumbs up, and that's just his anus. <laughs> but um, no, no, in all seriousness, uh, I actually, sitting down to watch this, got into that headspace very quickly with this film, uh, got in with the characters very quickly with this film, and actually really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the experience of watching it. I think, Doug, I, I think Doug and I are actually at the point now where we both want to get out of that headspace. Exactly, that's what I was just <laughs> going to say, because all of the movies that we watch, I mean, a, a wide majority are shot on video or shot on digital video or yeah. shot on VHS, and yeah. uh, and it, it's not hard to get into that headspace, but uh, uh, it can be really difficult to get out of it. It really is, yeah, because I mean, cause we're, this, this is going on now, I mean, this is our 10th episode, they come out every two weeks, so I mean, we're talking, you know, you know, 20, 20 weeks worth of worth of being in this place in our heads and it's it's rough I mean like I think I think we actually need something good yeah you know I, I was actually begging Mo uh, to put me on some other podcast just because I needed an excuse to watch something that um, and then talk about it and kind of like like dissect it that wasn't such I, I hesitate to use the word shit, but most of the movies we watch have been so like less than shit. Like so, like, I so right. I told him that I told him that he could be on drunk on VHS, and we'll do uh, we'll do Lawrence of Arabia. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> a very special. So you, have episode. Do, you have to do a commentary for for Lawrence of Arabia, and here's some drunk. sand. Drunk and in, ingesting helium. That's the only way you can do it. You can talk as seriously as, as you like about the movie, but you have to be drunk and ingesting Mo will auto-tune us the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is the part where <laughs> it comes across the hill. Uh, it's all about Sharif. He's on. He's on a camel. <laughs> no, um, look, I, I, when, when I say about the film, like, there, there are obviously aspects of it of course in the um uh the shooting of it and some of the performances and the fight scenes and so on that that obviously no one's talking about like professional quality or anything or wait we're not (laughs) i'm offended by your statement john you're you're out click (laughs) (laughs) you are the weakest link fuck off um but what but I think that when you watch these things, and obviously I don't watch them as, as much as you do, but I'm talking about, like, I see, um, I get people sending stuff like this to me, or I get people pointing me towards a YouTube video or whatever that's like a three-part YouTube series that's shot on video and whatever. And um, Girls I Kissing think- is a three-part video? <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts with kissing, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> then the second part. No, um... And and I, I honestly mean, like, because I think the script was good in this one, that all the other stuff, also coming from a place of having done this, having written and directed my own film and, and put something together and know how hard and difficult that is, I actually think, considering the, the strong script and the, a few gags and nice references and some good performances and some nice gore effects and the puppet guy and the whole bit, I, I actually thought that that more um, than compensated for like the bleached out quality of some of the outdoor video shots and, you know, some of the um, CGI stuff and things like that. I just want to, sorry, Mo, before you jump in, I want to make sure that it's very clear that that John, in this case, he might be sucking my dick about this. I don't really care. But I don't have any any, uh, hubris. I don't have any uh, strong opinions in terms of the quality of this movie. I know it's not very good. However, I do want to talk just really briefly about how I got involved with it and what I did on it. So uh, that's really Can I just point out, I was not, I'm not sucking your dick. And if it was, if I, if it was painful to sit through, 
I would have like I I either wouldn't be saying anything at all, or I would just be sort of like making jokes or whatever. It is. <laughs> you were just silent, silent well, the entire say, podcast. Spent six minutes making jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, <laughs> that's I also do that. I'll also do that, and I'm not. I wouldn't. Um, but no, I I. I could have sat there and it could have been a really, like, oh, fuck, why are they making me watch this again? But I didn't feel like that at all. So I put that up to the fact that I actually thought the script was pretty good. And also it's only 70 minutes long, so it doesn't really... Sure, <laughs> that, that, that would definitely help. Too. <laughs> uh, just... It was two in the morning and I just spent four hours with Mo and it was, you know, pain relief. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to his ass in those four hours, Mo? <laughs> uh, well, to... You don't even want to know. Uh, yeah, I, a lot of stretching. <laughs> I have no fruit and vegetables left in the house at all. Yeah. But, but at the very least, but at the very least, you know, all of that nutritional factor is going directly into his body. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, Doug, back to classic. To off, but I wanted to, I wanted to point out, I was not just willfully flating you. Not willfully. No, I forced you into it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the checks in the post, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> twenty English pounds. Enjoy. Um, hey, your twenty's got the queen on it. I like a twenty from Canada. Our twenty has a queen on it. <laughs> I'm not talking about your gay president. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, I moved to Ontario back in 2003 from the lovely island of Newfoundland, and uh, I started to fall into with a bad crowd. Uh, <laughs> a bad crowd of filmmakers. Uh, and in uh, 2005... Wait, wait a minute, you came from Newfoundland and then fell into a bad crowd? Yeah, no, I was born into a, I was born under a bad <laughs> sign and onto a bad province. But then I moved to Ontario and got in with all these filmmakers. And uh, we were filming kind of short projects. And, and in fact, one of the projects that we did was sort of a precursor to this, and you will never see it. Um, and then we decided that the only way that the world as a whole would understand... Our artistic genius would be if we sat down and we hashed out a, a hash is a play on words here because we smoked so much pot. Uh, actually, actually, I didn't. I, I was uh, at the time I considered myself, and I, uh, you can't see me doing air quotes, straight edge. So I wasn't into that. However, you can't be straight edge if you're sitting in a room for hours every day with people smoking pot. Um, you also can't be straight edge and like suck a bunch of dicks, right? Uh, I, you can totally do that. I haven't listened oh, okay. to. I haven't been listening to my Minor Thread albums lately, but I'm pretty sure it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay, fair enough. So, so we decided we were going to write a full length script, and we were going to shoot it despite. A, having no money. And I mean no fucking money, not at all. B, having a minimal amount of talent. Uh, and C, having no real equipment. Uh, luckily, we did live in a city which had a, uh, at the time it was uh, kind of a collective, which uh, rented out a lot of this film equipment. So we were able to get things like boom mics, which, believe it or not, we did have boom mics on this film. Um, uh, yeah, you were a boom operator. I saw that in the credits. I, I did. Let me just give you a quick summary of my roles on the film. I uh, co-wrote it. I was one of the three writers. And even though I'm not, I, my name doesn't pop up much in the opening credits, it does a lot more in the closing credits. A lot. I, I, I wish I had counted. It is like 50 times. Yeah, well, that's a weird closing credits. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, okay, so I, I co-wrote it. I operated the camera in, uh, in many of the scenes. I uh, edited a large chunk of it. Uh, I pieced together the opening montage of the movie. I played three different roles in the movie. I was a boom operator. I, uh, I did sound, uh, a lot of sound on it, actually. Uh, and basically, I was a gopher because I was on set every single uh, day. 
so it was a case where a day, I mean, we were shooting mostly weekends, but that, that, so I was really ingrained and kind of emotionally involved in the making of this movie. However, I did not direct it, uh, not that I'm trying to pass the buck or anything like that, but I think when you watch it, you can see that there might be a creative vision, uh, that's, that, that is, is, is presented on the screen that certainly wouldn't be, uh, mine. So to speak, though there are elements. That I, are certain- I, I did all this stuff, but the film blame the other guy. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> you, know, right. you, you know what my favorite role of Doug's is in this film. <laughs> Toward, towards the end, there's a shootout scene, and Doug gets taken out with like the first bullet. That, yeah. Originally in the script, the character that I was going to play there, it was going to be fleshed out so he didn't just show up and get shot in the face immediately. But uh, <laughs> but but they were going to flesh him out as no, well. Yeah. No, what happened? Well, it's not no, going to be well, painful. You're going to see a lot more of my flesh. That's what was going to well, happen. Well, Doug, Doug, no, let's 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 be fair. You you know you didn't just show up and die. You know <laughs> you, you you showed up. You said about two lines of indecipherable dialogue. <laughs> I was supposed to be speaking in a Newfoundland accent. Uh, that, oh, is that what that is? Because I didn't. Go, well, that explains why I didn't understand what the hell you were saying. And then, and then you get shot in the face. I did walk down a flight of stairs first. Uh, uh, that's true. You did. Yeah, you did walk down a flight of stairs in slow motion and then get shot in the face. We might be getting ahead of ourselves since that's the end no, of I know, the that's movie. the end of the movie. But <laughs> that's I'm just the saying. very last scene. Uh, All right, so let's so let's get. Well, it's not the very last scene because there's a scene after the credits. <laughs> yeah, there's like two scenes after that. But well, also there are two lots of opening credits there are as well. Two. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's 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 as Mo was about to say. Let's jump into the movie itself. What's it about? Well, and I, need, I need this. I need this if we're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I trained that horse to run And he went out and won Now it's all behind Got blue ribbon on my mind I've got cops blue ribbon on my mind There are a lot of beers, but there's only one Pabst It's proved to be the best Naturally, with no artificial ingredients And you can taste it I've got Pabst blue ribbon on my mind Oh, there we go All right <laughs> I just snapped my spine. Um, <laughs> Please, let's, well, yeah, go ahead. Let's get into it. No, I was going to say because like it's it started and then there was a second lot of credits and and I th- I thought for a seventeen minute movie to have two lots of credits, really long ending credits because it's like in three minutes this <laughs> scene will turn up and then like you actually had like a three minute counter. Not only that, but then there are three title cards throughout the film as well. I thought there was a judicious use of titling in order to make a feature-length film. <laughs> well, that's 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 actually that's actually a, uh, a a tactic that we've made fun of other movies for for doing. <laughs> Absolutely, so, it is. You know. I mean, well, like, I was going to actually ask a question quickly of Doug because a question did pop up while I was watching it. Um, obviously, subsequently doing the podcast, you've seen a lot of um, homemade, uh, made on video. You can kind say of it. Film. Shit. Go ahead. No. <laughs> no, you can call them no-budget nightmares. That's what we're talking about. No-budget nightmares, right, exactly. And you've seen a lot of those. Um, what I wanted, what I was interested in, just because of some of the things that are in the film and some of the, like, exploitation elements with, like, the puppet and the torture and the thing and the, all that stuff, were you a fan of, like, no-budget nightmares before you made the film and therefore put stuff in it, or were you just, like, crazy. <laughs> I think it would be more accurate to say that I was a fan of exploitation films and grindhouse style films beforehand, so I was very much into that style of filmmaking, but certainly not right. low budget and no budget filmmaking as a whole. I wouldn't have seen a lot of films that were shot on video uh, or that were made right. on micro budgets at that point. It's just, it's um, while, while someone in a, in a first feature um, might have you know, a horror or a sci-fi or whatever kind of element to it, 
they wouldn't necessarily, unless they had seen a bunch of those kind of films, have a guy with a puppet who's a torturer and, you know, all those kind of elements that are kind of like uh, much more like full moon features or whatever, those kind of grindhouse, like low, lower budget kind of movies. Originally the concept was, was that we didn't want to do a straight horror movie and we didn't want to do a horror comedy because everyone at that time was making zombie movies I mean that was a big uh, that was a big thing lots of low budget zombie movies at the time uh, well it's fu- yeah it's funny you should mention that because like anytime we go to like look at like what movie we're gonna watch next like there's there's invariably like 70 you know uh, horror comedies or zombie movies like from this era absolutely there's just a yeah. ton of them I mean I have just non-stop I have a, a huge collection of just unwatchable <laughs> zombie movies <laughs> that I like. So we wanted to do something that, that is specifically because Sean Bruce, the director, he had this concept of a um, satire, a political satire to some extent, an action comedy political Canadian satire. And uh, this concept that we had come up with was originally going to be a, a series, like a television series that we thought we could have put on maybe lo- local cable access or something like that. Um, right. And then we expanded the idea a little bit to to make this. So the original concept itself is not something that I was necessarily part of, but, uh, but the fleshing out of it for the movie is what uh, I was working on in terms of the writing. Yeah, I did like how the stock footage at the beginning is all clearly stock footage, <laughs> even though it's meant to be in, like, the end of the 90s, early millennium. It's all stock footage from, like, the 1960s and 70s. Public domain stock footage. Indeed it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but for some reason, it completely works. I, for, I don't know why, but that bit, especially with the voiceover and everything, not that I understood what the fuck was going on, but... Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was like... Wait a minute, America's invaded Canada and then... In the year 2020, got... Canada's yeah, it... economy is still stagnant after however many years. Yeah. yeah. But all that whole voice and whatever, the stock footage still worked despite it being uh, ancient. <laughs> I mean, it was all stock footage from like the 60s and 50s. Um, yeah, right. And of course, I'm the one who edited together that montage uh, for the most part. So, uh, I mean, I was just trying to pull together. Hey, I'm not going to lie. It was padding at that point. We knew that we wanted a montage, but we hadn't really shot anything for it. So it was really just piecing it together from, from various uh, places. But Mo, why don't you talk a little bit about that montage uh, and the story that you got out of it. In the year 2020, Canada's economy has remained stagnant for 13 years. The result of the devastating war in which the United States, divided by civil war, mobilized an unstoppable wave of soldiers into Lower Canada. By the sixth day, American troops had advanced as far as Ottawa. With all communications strategically disabled, there was no way of requesting aid from allies. It seemed all hope was lost. But on the seventh day, a handful of ordinary people found the courage to defend their country and inspired others to do the same. Against all odds, they managed to infiltrate a controlled broadcast facility and alert the international community. Its response is the nuclear destruction of Hawaii. The Honolulu Accord was signed, and on the eighth day, the war was over. The Canadian heroes involved in the coup were recognized by the world and would always be remembered throughout history as the original six. After the war, CSIS wasted no time recruiting them into the agency. Canada was in good hands. 
peace talks progressed faster than expected, and North America was whole once again. But the foundation on which we laid our salvation was unsteady. December 12, 2009, 0900 hours. The original six spearheaded a covert mission into a military base in Cuba. Their objective was to monitor terrorist networking against the United States. The mission was a failure, and the truth about what occurred during Operation Guantanamo was quickly covered up and was never spoken of again until today. Uh, this, the, what I got out of it yeah. was that it's in the near future and that apparently somebody did something really fucking stupid and it kind of destroyed uh, either the Canadian, Canadian, listen to me, either Canada or uh, the world's economy. And uh, and for some reason, the U.S. decides that it's important to invade Canada, which doesn't really make any sense. And then um, and then I guess we start a war. Seven days later, we drop a they uh, they drop a bomb on Hawaii. And then on the eighth day, it ends. I love hearing your explanation of the the story. And you got a lot more out of it already than most of the people who sat down and actually watched it at our few screenings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> John, did, are there anything, is there anything you'd like to add in terms of what you got out of the story, out of that montage at the beginning? No, everything that Mo mentioned made sense. The, o- the only bit it did? of... Good. It didn't make sense. <laughs> what I mean is is I got that from from the voiceover and the montage and all that. The The bit I didn't get was then what why they went to Cuba. That was the bit that I didn't understand. Yeah, no, that's, that's very understandable that you would not understand that because I'm not sure that I totally get it. My understanding is, uh, and just to elaborate a little tiny bit on what Mo said, is that it wasn't, I don't think it's the, the entire world's economy that failed. Whatever. Mostly there's like <laughs> civil war in the U.S. and the United States for some reason decides to invade Canada. And, uh, and they're very, very successful until a group of six ordinary citizens, in this case they're known as the original six, which uh, for those of you who know anything about Canada, we refer to the first six hockey teams as the original six, the first th- six NHL Teams. Um, they, they basically rose up and and fought off and, and started an uprising against the U.S. and basically saved Canada from being invaded and somehow prompted a nuclear weapon being dropped on Hawaii. Um, the idea... Well, look, if there's any place that needs a nuclear weapon dropped on it, I mean, Hawaii's probably the one to go with. It was the only bit that I didn't... It was the idea that by detonating a nuclear bomb on Hawaii would somehow then make America go, oh, oh, okay then, no, fine, fine. We'll sign a... We'll sign a I can cite precedent. And- <laughs> but, but also the big question is, is since when has Canada had any nuclear weapons to, to do anything like this with? Yeah, because we, cause we all know that if America invaded Canada, it'd be over in like a day and you guys would be like, eh, we're, eh. don't make us burn down your White House again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that hasn't happened for hundreds of years. All you'd have to do is hide behind a Tim Hortons and throw donuts at them. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, John, well, nobody told us we had donuts up here. <laughs> John did mention that there's a uh, Cuba a Cuba element to it. That that'll come into play later. But the idea is that after this whole incident has occurred, uh, that CSIS, which is the Canadian Secret Service, basically the Canadian version of the FBI, and a real uh, organization, though 
we obviously did not get the permission to use their logo or anything like that. Um, and subsequently are still being what? Probably. <laughs> I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. But uh, the, They've had to wade through ten episodes of No Budget Nightmare. <laughs> Finally. The good stuff. They're like this... <laughs> All this dude talks about is bad movies. <laughs> but uh, the um, the Canadian Secret Service have apparently hired these original six people, and they send one of these agents, uh, Sean Bruce, the uh, both the director and the lead character of the movie, who's also called Sean Bruce. They send him to Guantanamo for some weird reason, which I is thought they sent, I thought they sent three of them. Uh, no, I, I don't think so, because at the uh, near the end of the movie, there's a flashback where he's told that he can't tell anyone about it, and he uh, is supposed to have been basically imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay. You have to understand that this was like 2005, 2006 when we were writing this. Um, it's very topical. Very topical at the time, and um, and we don't really know the, the point of the mission, but we do know that he was apparently captured and uh, there are kind of vague references to his experience there. Right. No, I mean, I understood that it was sort of part of the um, overall double-cross thing, that they were obviously trying to get him out of the way and so on so that they could then rise through the ranks and, you know, the two bad guys or whatever. Right. Or am I spoiling it? Should I shut? Should spoil I not Spoil it? Jesus Christ. I don't think that we can spoil it at this point. Fair Let's enough. just jump in. Uh, we, I- we, should, we, we probably are talking a little bit too much about the plot because it's not going to make any sense once we get into the movie anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I was right, right? They, they did it to double-cross it. Yeah, absolutely. They wanted him out of the way. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. And then I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand why a Canadian would go to Cuba, though. That made absolutely no sense. Cigars. Well, apart from cigars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there is no apart from cigars. They went for cigars. <laughs> they went to Guantanamo Bay for cigars. I hear that's where they make the best ones. He was bootlegging. Yeah, rolled in prison inmate. <laughs> <laughs> he, was going to, he was going there to bootleg Gloria Stefan albums and to bring them yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> He needs to, he needed to take a raft to Miami for the uh yeah. you know, so he could reunite the Miami sound machine. <laughs> okay. All right, so after uh <laughs> after this montage we get the first credits, the first set of credits for the movie. Uh, <laughs> of which there are ten. Of, which there are, the, of the 30 sets of credits of the movie, uh, that, that equal about 60 minutes of it. Um, but yeah, so it's an opening credits. Oh, and we did get a band, a local band here, uh, which actually included one of the actors in the movie, to record a theme song for the movie. Ooh. Yeah. It, Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, it's pretty simplistic. <laughs> pretty good. It, it, it works. One of the things we wanted to do was to have as much actual music as possible, so we just, you know, uh, we had a lot of connections within the city itself to a lot of kind of small bands of all types, because you can hear all kinds of music in there, and uh, and we just got, we just asked them, would you mind us putting one of your songs in the movie, and most of them said yes. Well, you know, oh, actually, you know most what, of them said no, they wouldn't mind. <laughs> you, you know what, uh, you know what, um, what, what band you, you, you should have asked? What? You should have asked a Nokian key. Oh, that's right. Maybe it's not too late. Uh, Todd, if you're listening, we want you. <laughs> Todd, only a Nokian key can make this movie better. Uh, we're of course referring to Todd Sheets, the uh, epic, wonderful low-budget filmmaker who is uh, has graced us with his film uh, Nightmare Asylum, which which is not good. Which Doug didn't. Which Doug didn't like. Yeah, I did not care for it. Mo had a bit more tolerance, though. If you listen to that episode of No Budget Nightmares, it seems like we're pretty much on the same page. It's the exact yeah. same thing as so morbid be just reversed. Yeah, except I was right on both of them, and you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
So after this opening credit sequence, uh, we're introduced to a lot of characters all at once just to make things as confusing as possible. Mm-hmm. What happened? I like the... Uh, I like the James Bondy song. That was good. Well, that's in yeah, I thought I thought that was a funny play on that. Yeah, that, I thought it was well done. That's, a, that's in the second credit sequence as the uh, James Bond style theme. I forget what came between the two. <laughs> between the two is the introduction to our three main characters. The three main characters right, no, are uh, Sean Bruce, again the director, Dan Kildee, and Michelle Longhurst, and they're supposed to be three of the original six. Uh, can I can I just tell you how disappointed I was when I found out that that uh, Kildee was his actual name? Because the whole entire movie, I'm watching this thing, thinking to myself, "Man, Kildee is such a great name for like yeah, me too for yeah. for, for like a for like a you know this kind of like secret." agent you know whatever thing you know and uh and then and then at the end of the movie i'm like that's his real name <laughs> i'm sorry to disappoint you <laughs> i'm disappointed <laughs> well they're introduced to these three characters who are basically standing in a field uh, shooting at uh, a group of faceless CSIS agents that are led by Commander Steele. These guys are known as his kill squad. Yes, that's the name that we came up with for this character. Listen up, maggots. I didn't get my good eye fighting off the Yanks so I could see our country fall to a bunch of friggin' pansies. The guy wearing the Black Sabbath t-shirt. That's right, Black Sabbath t-shirt and a uh, mm-hmm. and eye, an patch. eye patch. And with the Black Sabbath t-shirt on, this is another question, was that on purpose or was it just the only black item of clothing he had? You know what, we asked him to dress in black and if he came with a Black Sabbath t-shirt, all the better. This is overtime in the Stanley Cup final. You get out there and give him that! Oh, okay, fair <laughs> No specific reason for it. Um, no, you will know because it didn't make any sense. What, one thing that you would notice on a rewatch, <laughs> which I wouldn't suggest that you do, is that uh, despite the fact that there are people getting killed, murdered all over the place. Um, we only had, on the filming that day, uh, something like five people aside from the, the lead three. So... Yeah, a lot of reused footage. A lot of reused footage. Not as yeah. much reused footage. What's going... Or, well, it's just the same people running out and getting shot over and over. <laughs> right. And yeah, since yeah. we didn't have enough bodies to put on the ground, most of the people, like the bodies in the other scenes, are just piles of clothes <laughs> that are on the ground. Wow. <laughs> But you see that, but, but that's something about these films that I like. Like I like that that you you did that to create the illusion of lots of people. I think that's awesome. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of clothes. I we didn't realize until that day that nobody was going to show up. Um, right. Uh, the um, that scene, while it's ongoing, there's a voiceover from uh, a character basically uh, stating that these three uh, characters, these three of the original six, have gone rogue and are now being hunted by the rest of the Canadian Secret Service. And the gentleman who's <coughs> saying all this expository dialogue, uh, that's Jim, Jim Ellison, uh, and probably, in my opinion anyway, the, the best actor in the movie. Reliable intelligence informs us of a plot to assassinate the Prime Minister. I regret to inform you that this is the face of the enemy. And it looked like he was standing in front of a mirror. Was that in someone's garage? No, that's actually in a very, very nice location here in Peterborough that we did not take advantage of at all. But he is. He's standing in front of a mirror. uh, Because it looked like someone had just stuck a mirror up behind him, but actually he was really... (laughs) 
<laughs> like a garage or something. <laughs> it, 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 w- it would have been nice to have sort of a, a, a establishing shot that showed him. Yeah. But unfortunately, that day, no one showed up to be extras as well, which is why twice during his little speech, it cuts to just two random people. Yeah. <laughs> right, the quickest, the quickest, like, cuts. Like, you see them for a second. It's like, oh, that's who he's talking to? Like, two old guys? Wasn't it, like... Two old guys. <laughs> I think one of them asks a question, but uh, but yeah. but the only thing that's important at this point is that uh, I think they've established at this point that the Prime Minister of Canada, who, by the way, for those who don't know, it's like our president, um, has <laughs> has gone missing. Simple people who aren't aware of world economics oh, and power. Really? And I'm speaking. Dead, I'm speaking to the Americans now. Stru- <laughs> he's, he's talking about me. <laughs> I'm just giving you a little history lesson, Mo. I don't know. But the who? What? I want you to talk like that for the rest of this episode. <laughs> okay. We can talk about parliamentary systems later, Mo, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. So the Prime Minister of Canada has been kidnapped, uh, and it's suspected that these three characters, Sean Bruce, Dan Kildee, Michelle Longhurst, are responsible for it. And it does look kind of guilt-inducing to for them to just be mowing down waves of these <laughs> of these agents who are uh, who are basically just running at them and getting shot. Yeah, some right. some kill squad. Yeah, some kind of. Not not as effective as as you might hope. Well, because he did that nice thing because you set up all the different groups that have been sent out to get the rogue agent. That's, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we have like, like we have like, different. Yeah, we have like Shadow Hand and the Deadly Sin. Who are like a group of ninjas, female ninjas. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then I didn't catch the name of the second group. <laughs> I love it when I love it when. In films, and this isn't just in this one, but like in all films where there are ninjas, like the whole point about ninjas <laughs> is like hiding out of sight. And yet, in all these films, they're always stood right in. I, I took we took that from the Godfrey Ho playbook, where they might as well have sure, the word no, ninja written on their forehead. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's like, by the way, we are ninjas. <laughs> so there's Shadowhand of the Deadly Sins, which are the female ninjas. There's Mar- yeah. Martin Foucault in Division O, who. Uh, well, we'll get to him in a little bit. And then there's Commander Steel and the Kill Squad, who we're uh, dealing with right now. And um, they're involved in something called, I think, the, 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 trap, the tracking of these agents down is called Operation Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa, yeah. yeah. So, but that's, uh, that's, that's what's going on. And I think at this point, maybe we have the, the second theme song. Maybe it was immediately before it. Um, but yeah, there's a Sean actually sings the theme song that James Bond. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Uh, he has he loves music and he loves to sing. And uh, for anyone who's listened to my rendition of uh, "Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time," simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, please don't remind me. Ding dong. That was. I thought it was awesome. That was recorded. And there I am lying. <laughs> that was recorded with Sean, and I mean that—that's the kind of shit that we were uh, doing at that time in our lives. Um, so, so yeah. So we had a second credit sequence, which is uh, a lot more stylized and uh, has spitting uh, scissors in the background. And you appear in that credit sequence more than you do in the prior one. You're in that second credit sequence about three or four times. <laughs> right. 
Right. Just as like co-writer and like assistant director or something? Or? Yeah, I did a, a, of the montage and stuff like that and some editing and the special effects. That's oh, that's I don't think I mentioned that I did a lot of the digital effects. So when you see some things like someone's head, <laughs> just a bunch of blood that's really terrible looking, uh, fly at the screen, that's probably something that I did. Right. Okay. <laughs> but the, and, and I have to say, like, and I, it's it's funny how my my hatred of all things digital, did, uh, like, even goes to things like this. And it's nothing towards you, Doug. But like, I always feel um, that if you can do something practically, especially like the more low budget, the better. Like the the more sort of overt practical. It's like when you were doing the um, uh, the torture scene later on. That's much more effective. No, I agree one hundred percent. And I think especially in the final scene where there's a lot more blood kind of flying around we you know we what the fun of making a fucking movie is be, laying down on the ground and blowing into a big tube full of blood so it'll squirt out of the it's back cool. of a guy's head i mean that's what we wanted to do so i mean uh there's a lot more of that as we get on these kind of things were just uh, mostly effects to uh that we we decided on after it was filmed it's like we need to brighten oh, of this course. up no no i know to, and, and i have friends who do short films and things like this and they use them all the time because it's just a case of we just need to kind of give it a bit of a visual pop or something just to make it more interesting and exciting. And sometimes it just looks so bad that it's funny. Right. Well, yeah, you completely. Know. It's like I've seen, I've seen it where, um, and not in this film, but I've seen it where they have a digital bullet and they, they wow. do it as if the camera is following the digital bullet. As if they thought, oh, this is really great. This like is the Robin Hood Prince awesome. of Thieves thing with the arrow. And instead of that, we're going to have a bullet. And really all it is is like a gold square right. that looks like a gif that's just flying towards the... It's just terrible. Mo, anyway, Mo, Mo and I saw a digital uh, rubber dildo in it. <laughs> a digital dildo? Yeah, that there one. was. It was a CG Come on, that was, dildo. That was practical effects. Yeah, well... Oh, no, I mean, for a second it's CG, and then we get... Yeah, no, that's true, that's true. Then we get the great dildo cam, and so more yeah. to be... Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's levitating. It's levitating for a moment, and while it's levitating, it's just horribly digital. You know, <laughs> is this the tune one? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. This is this is so more to be. <laughs> oh well, I listened to that one. I should. I did hear you talk about that. Okay, sorry. yeah, jelly dildos. Come on, get with it. How can you forget <laughs> about our talking about our jelly? True. I should have remembered that. It's probably because I was, you know, uh, half asleep at the time. So, and high as a kite. And just going, when is this going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's how I was for half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's how I am listening to your five-hour <laughs> So I'll be the first to say it before someone else does. So uh, Dan and Sean in the scene, after they kill all of these, uh, uh, these agents, they walk off leaving just Michelle, and Michelle uh, discovers that that Commander Steele is still alive, and he comes out and basically says that uh, they're traitors and that they uh, the men didn't deserve to die like this. And then they have a little confrontation. Can you describe that, John? Can I describe the confrontation? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Before he describes the confrontation, I want to mention that every time we see Dan, he's drinking milk. He's drinking milk or yeah. eating something. Yeah, that was the kind of yeah. a thing that we wanted. Uh, it, w- it wasn't. There was no real reason for it, except that we had milk with us that day, and we said, you know what would be neat, is if he was eating or drinking something at every single scene. It didn't come from Leon, then, or the professional? No, it didn't. In fact, uh, there are very few homages in this film, because we were not not smart enough to do that sort of thing. Um, All I remember, what what happened in the confrontation? Wasn't there a bit where someone picked someone else up and dropped them back down onto their head? (laughs) 
Was that in this scene? Yes, that is. They have basically a little... Uh, Which I thought was pretty well done. Well, it's, a, it's they have a little fight, and uh, immediately Commander Steel tries to headbutt her. And for some reason, despite the fact that him, he did the headbutt, he... he Staggers back, and then she suplexes him, uh, yeah. wrestling style. And as she picks him up, he suddenly turns in, from a person to a, uh, a collection of pool noodles that have been dressed as a person. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't notice though. I thought it was very good. I was going to say I didn't notice that at all. No. And then, yeah. and then she uh, cross faces him until he taps out, basically. Um, <laughs> that was the bit I didn't understand. <laughs> well, she she locks on like a wrestling I, move I, until he submits. Right. Yeah, I wondered what was going on there, and then I didn't realize, like, if he was dead or not or what was going on. See, John, on. you have see- to remember that in Canada, they really love professional wrestling. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't get from my No Canada guidebook. Yeah, that I've been all day. yeah it's, not, it's not in there. It's something only the locals know. Right, okay. <laughs> they love that. And <laughs> yeah, well, well, the locals and the rest of the world. <laughs> okay, fair. So, uh, but- Sorry? No, go ahead, please. Sorry. sorry. I just want to make sure that this uh, episode doesn't go as long as some other people's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we get uh, – th- this turns into now vignettes that, that feature uh, one of the three main characters. This was Michelle's. And then it goes to Dan, who's introduced now in black and white going into a video store. Yeah, that I liked. Was that an, was that clerks or was that just you doing black and white? Because it looked. Better? I imagine because it uh, the the decision and this wasn't my decision that it probably was a uh, some sort of reference to clerks. Um, oh, no, okay. it, it doesn't stay in black and white. He he goes into a video shop which he worked in at the time uh, that we were making the movie, and um, they uh, he, he's tailed by a couple of agents. There ends up being a confrontation, and he uh, actually gets a little cup. I don't know if you guys knew what that cup was, but it's a cup of cotton candy that you could buy in one yeah, of these places. Right. And, uh, and, and he ends up killing everyone in the video store. He ends store. up killing everybody, and people outside of the video store as well. Yeah. See, I, I like this little section, um, but I also like the fact that both stores had like a, a kind of giggling girl behind the counter. <laughs> now, the, the, the first, uh, the girl at the video store is the one, the person who actually owned it, uh, and then he starts to run off, and there's a lot of running in this, uh, this, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he gets to the point where he gets to, like, this alleyway, and he starts, like, extreme walking, like, up the side of the wall, and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, crosses, it, crosses across the other way, and, like, and, like, it does an extreme walk up that side of the wall, and, like... <laughs> he runs past an alley where he gets a bunch of people shooting at him, and then he runs back, back. inside Inside the alley and jumps up the wall. So, he, yeah, I don't know why. That I thought that was well done as well. I like I like this whole sequence with with Dan running about the place. And, I did a well, uh, I did a I did a, a short skit video called Extreme Walking, and, <laughs> and it's actually basically like me doing almost the exact same thing, where I'm just kind of like running up the side of things, and you know, and it's just I mean, but it's like the second I saw him do that, like, oh man, that's hilarious. He, he tries to hide in like a it's it's a. Organic food store is where he is, and he hides. He hides himself inside a fridge for a moment, and he comes out and he just throws a couple of coins down because he comes out with another thing of milk. And you mentioned that there's sort of like a giggling girl. That girl had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> she, her reaction at the end is a legitimate reaction. Like, what is going on? <laughs> no, what I liked about it was that, was that whoever edited it kept that long section in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the first just standing behind the counter, being like. 
what the fuck just happened? I will say that the, the part I like most out of this scene is where they're just running after him, and he's basically just going all over the city. And then as they're, they're starting to close in, he hides among a statue <laughs> by just posing himself amongst the uh, the statue, and then they run by, and then... I. I Maybe maybe it didn't work for everyone else. I liked it. <laughs> I, no, I, it worked for me. I thought it was good. I, see, I thought it was a lot funnier that he that he that he runs off and like has a, like a nice lunch. <laughs> yeah, you know. he goes and in, doesn't he, he go, blow up one of the buildings. He goes into yeah a Greek restaurant, which again he also worked at this place at the time. Um, and he he uh, I actually filmed this scene where he's in the restaurant and uh, it, he's eating like a, a kebab or something, and and it zooms out and he's suddenly surrounded by agents, and then it cuts to outside and you see you hear a couple of gunshots. He runs out and then for some reason the place explodes. I don't know why yeah <laughs> i have to say oh talking about the cgi well we'll get onto it when we get onto it but there's a much better bit in the second half of the film that i thought was very good <laughs> very good is one of those uh comparative things um well yeah i'm talking within the framework of <laughs> <laughs> so, so the scene comes to uh head uh with dan uh running into a pool hall um, and and he runs in and closes the door behind him, and we are introduced to Martin Foucault and Division O. Uh, and yeah, he sa- I like this bit as well. <laughs> yes, he says. <laughs> Predictable as always. I kill thee. And um, Dan immediately grabs a pool cue and throws it and embeds it in his head, and he falls down dead. My favorite. That's that's my favorite kill of the entire movie. Yeah, it was fantastic because yeah. he was like, um, "Predict this, whatever." Throwing <laughs> <laughs> the pool cue through him, but what I liked was that the pool cue went through him, and like the end of the pool cue was still sticking out of his mouth or head or whatever it was meant to be when he fell down. But like, where did the rest of the pool cue go? That's what I like. You know, we actually discussed this, and the idea is that when he <laughs> fell, it cracked off the rest of it, and yeah. it's just out of frame somewhere. Theoretically, sure. Yeah, that's what sure, it is. sure it is. <laughs> I will say that the first time he tried to throw the stick, I mean, we were we had this room to ourselves, so he threw it, and it immediately embedded in the ceiling, straight upward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, the reason that Martin uh, Foucault, the the guy who gets the uh, thing through his eye, the reason he has such a small part in the movie is that originally he was supposed to be the big bad guy, the 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 guy. Uh, he would have been the character that tortures Dan later on, uh-huh. except uh, he had uh, some difficulties with his living situation. I think I remember hearing that he was living on a golf course at the time. Four. <laughs> Fine shot. <laughs> oh! I should have yelled two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why don't we this off, sir? Uh-huh. Oh! Uh, and he was no longer he was, he was no longer available to shoot any more of the film. So we now, when you say living on a golf course, do you mean on like a building near a golf course, or just on the golf no, course? No, he was he was, yeah he was he was camped out in Sam Trap Four. Yeah, that's right. He, Excellent. He, he's got a tent near like Hole Eight or whatever. So what? So what? So let's dance. <laughs> Somewhere in the back nine is where he is, actually, now that I think about it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, he's, he's al- he, you're allowed to be a, a bum on a golf course, but you have to wear plaid pants. That's the deal. Well, speaking of plaid pants, when, when, when we <laughs> discovered that this, this guy wasn't going to be able to be in the movie anymore, we needed a replacement. And there's a, there's a really well-known character in this city that I live in, and he uh, works at, a, uh, at, at like a used CD place. And he 
A used and CD player? No, just a used CD no, DVD player. No, no, I'm kidding. Stop I'm kidding, splitting I'm hairs, please. <laughs> I'm kidding, like, CD as in grimy. Oh, and no, it's, it's also he, he looked like a perverted clown. Uh, Sorry. Yes, well, he, he uh, that's Jimmy Lynch. He Lange definitely show. had a child molester thing going on. <laughs> this is the part where usually I say, I'm Chris Hansen with David yeah, yeah, NBC. Yeah. Right. Please have a seat. Good, how much have a seat? Have a seat over here, please. Have a seat right over there, please. Go ahead, have a seat. Go ahead, have a seat, please. Uh, have a seat right there, please. Have a seat, please. Have a seat right over there, please. Please have a seat. Matt, why don't you have a seat right over there? Have a seat right over there on the stool for your first action. Have a seat. Why don't you have a seat over there, please? Have a seat right over there on the other side, please. Why don't you have a seat right over there, please? Please have a seat on the stool there, please. Why don't you have a seat right over there on that stool right there? Why don't you have a seat right over there, please? Why don't you have a seat right over there? Oh, please have a seat. Um. It's the blue beard. Well, and the, the, the ventriloquist dummy doesn't really help either. Well, Jim... <laughs> that never helps. Jim really does have a collection of ventriloquist dummies, and he goes to... I thought you were going to say he really does have a collection of child porn. <laughs> yeah. That I can't speak to, but he goes to... Very small shoes. <laughs> he goes to raves uh, around Ontario, and he he basically... He, he's known as Jimmy Lacio because he sews lights into all of these ventriloquist dummies, and, uh, and he's been in High Times magazine because he goes to these raves, and you can imagine the kind of people that you meet at a rave. And he's there with these, uh, like, some of his ventriloquist dummies are, like, big uh, rats with, like, bloodshot eyes and big joints hanging out of their mouths. Um, and that's the kind, but he also is kind of obsessed with uh, entertaining and being as entertaining as possible, which is why he has dyed his goatee uh, different colors. He, has, he used to uh, brush, I think, uh, like, uh, marker fluid with into his beard to uh, to make it as bright well in this case blue in the movie that's uh. good that's healthy <laughs> I can't imagine what the fumes did but uh, look 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 yeah, look, right, look. He, he, look he was smelling blueberries all day so I'm sure he was having a good time sounds good to me yeah, exactly. so we get this guy and we notice that he has these puppets and we're like this is perfect right now we're gonna rewrite the movie around this person who has these ventriloquist dummies and make that a part of the plot however we didn't realize at the time, even after we told him that he could be in the movie, that he didn't know how to throw his voice, and that he didn't know how to be a ventriloquist guy. <laughs> so it wasn't until we realized this that we suddenly had to come up with a plan for voicing the uh, the puppet, which is how I got pulled into it. Uh, yeah, pulled pulled into it. I'm sure you were first to the line, Doug. Going, I'll do the voice, I'll do the voice. I'll admit, I was like, is this a funny enough voice? Is this goofy enough to be a fucking puppet? <laughs> Hello? Mr. Lightshow, it's Jimmy. I need to call in that favor. Not now, James. I'm washing my Labrador Retriever. Mr. Lightshow, it involves Dan Kildee. Kildee, eh? So many nights I've spent waiting for my revenge. I'll staple his nuts to the back of a bus. You were like, I just want to be fucked in the ass by Dan. Yes. <laughs> Please, let's write that in. I'll write the scene. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> that, that, I want Kildee in me. <laughs> so after this character gets killed, Martin Foucault, then then Jimmy Lightshow <laughs> appears kind of dancing around. And um, he um, Dan escapes through the door and... Uh, and Jimmy... Oh, that was great. He tried the door several times, and then you had him shoot the door. I love that. <laughs> yes, fantastic digital effects made that possible. 
<laughs> what I like is that you thought you thought to yourself, we have these digital effects. Instead of going, let's use them as little as possible, you wrote bits into the film where you had to use them again. What's great is that we, 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 we were like, we'll write it. We, you know, we were going with the idea that don't restrict yourself with what you're able to do. Write it and film it and then figure it out afterwards, which is exactly how all of it came together, uh, which, is, which is particularly fucking stupid because there's a scene later where we wanted to blow up a clock tower and we were like, yeah, maybe we can get someone to build a wooden one and we could blow it up. Oh, I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that was the scene I was referring to. Right. That I thought that explosion and the subsequent um, like debris that fell over the, the highway and, and by the side of the highway and stuff, I thought that was pretty well done. I mean, it's, it, that's a well-known monument in this city, so uh, part of it was that people responded really strongly to that, uh, but, yeah. but that, that was all Sean. Because people love to see shit they like blowing up. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy, Jimmy dances around, and then he calls Cesis, and, uh, the, and, and he uh, is told that, that Dan is out of control, and that he needs help to track him down, and recommends someone to do that. And uh, the punchline of this scene is that the person he's talking about is, uh, and that he even talks to the phone to, is uh, his own puppet. And which is sitting right next to Which is sitting right next to I actually laughed out loud at that bit. I actually... Th- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, again, it was because it was probably like three in the morning and I was punch drunk, but... I was, I was watching it, and that bit, when it zoomed out, I was like, that's actually really good. Because it was annoying me, like, how close up the, the shot on the puppet was. Right. So I was like, I want to see the whole puppet. And then <laughs> it was really great. When it was revealed, I was like, oh, that's quite good. Yeah. And, and, and as mentioned, I'm the voice of the puppet, and uh, that was fun. Um, though, of course, they filmed it, the mouth, so you're just trying to fit whatever you want into it. Um, <laughs> you always try to do whatever you want. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, we did a lot of awful things for those puppets, as we'll get to. Um, yeah, puppets. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just any inclusion of puppets, and you have my money for the ticket. That's that's how I feel about puppets. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, the, the puppet <laughs> will be referred to as Mini Light Show, which is what it's uh, credited as in the movie itself. It's a way to differentiate okay. between the two. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which one was creepier. You know, the mini or regular. Oh, size. let's describe. Oh, def- uh, sorry. We should mention that the puppet is just a smaller version of Jimmy. It looks just like him. And yeah, he has the goatee. looks just like him. Yes, but I think the bigger one is creepier. As we say, I he, know. As we say, the I big one's pretty creepy. real. That, that's true. <laughs> like I like like you know like now I only watched this movie tonight. You know, so I like I didn't. I, I haven't had a chance to actually sleep between between. That watching it and and recording, he uh, does haunt your dreams. But I do have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion that I'm going to have terrible dreams tonight. Oh, they're not they're not always terrible, Mo. Some can be quite erotic. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, maybe if, maybe if Mini Light shows. I hope Mini Light Show shows up with my voice in your dream. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mini Light Show and Big Light Show double team you, Mo, while you sleep. <laughs> All right, let's class things up a little bit. All right, I'm in. That's I'm sorry. I'm being way too crude. I apologize. <laughs> I thought I was on drunk on VHS. No, 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 John, John, you, you, don't, you don't understand. When, uh, when Doug says let's class things up, that means he's really enjoying what we're saying. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Hey, but, but, but Doug plays the role of the, uh, you know, Doug's like the straight guy to, like, you know, to my 
gay guy. He's, he's the dominant. We're the submissive. <laughs> <laughs> Mo is a power yeah. bottom, and I'm a twink. And <laughs> it's, all, it's all about speed. <laughs> all right, and, and I'm a beardy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all beardies, I think. Um, I know. I was gonna. That was one of the things I was gonna say. Was I was gonna say this week we are supremely bearded. Uh, oh, I was gonna say something about beards. Anyway, carry on. All right, and beard. wait for the edit point and continue. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> cut out everything John says. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut immediately to a scene with Sean Bruce, who, by the way, we haven't mentioned, is wearing a ridiculous mustache. Um, I love, yes. I love his. That, that took me out of the realism. Of the story, <laughs> so much. He, this mustache. We went to a costume shop and we were like, "Hey, guys, do you have mustaches?" And they're like, "You didn't just cut that off someone's <laughs> I just thought I just assumed it was a piece of Velcro, like the yeah, like carpet or something. Yeah. No, it's a real stage mustache. You might notice it. It comes off several times. Bits of it are just like <laughs> un- detaching from his face in the middle of the scene. And we're like, "Oh, we'll leave that in. People will find that amusing." Yeah. And Sean is also <laughs> Sean also made the decision as the director to wear aviator sunglasses in the entire movie, uh, which means that uh, you can... Was it also his decision to cock his chin up every time he wanted to talk? No, you have to do that, because otherwise they will reflect... The mustache would fall. No, you would reflect reflect the crew back in it, so he has to look up slightly in every scene, so you don't see the camera the whole time. (laughs) You know, I didn't even think of that, but that makes total sense. I swear, we kept yeah. saying things like, just, just wear sunglasses or no glasses, because this is going to make it really difficult. But no, he preferred to wear the aviators and just look up all the time. Now, this particular scene next, this because this is the scene where, where he fights with the deadly sin, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> Shadow hand and what remains of the deadly sins we meet again. Now, now I wanted to ask you: Was this intentionally like an homage to Old Boy? It was. Old... This was our major homage, and it was yeah. an homage to Old Boy, which at that point, especially, I was obsessed with. Yeah, because can I notice? That, I mean, yeah, it's very Old Boy, but just minus the claustrophobia, or you know, or the dread of the, or the uh, choreography, or, yeah, or the, the choreography of or the original. Well, I dreaded but, the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, the, speaking of the choreography, we actually got these girls who were very nice. Uh, I shouldn't say girls; they're women. They're, they're grown women. They're, they're, You're right the first time. They're, they're, they're girly women. <laughs> they were girls. They're girls. Good. <laughs> we, we we actually had a session with them where we choreographed a whole fight scene. I bet you had a session. With them. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we had a, a long hard session with these ninja women, and mm. uh, and. And it came out, I mean, it was shitty, of course, but we were like, okay, that'll be fine. Then we'll, we'll get into the set. Of course, it's two weeks later. They don't remember a fucking thing that we went over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just had to make it up on the spot once again. And let's face it. As you say, you don't say. <laughs> we did have a, we had an actual, like, dolly set up in the middle of this field. So that's why we were able to do, like, a tracking shot. Because mm-hmm. we were trying to make it look like old boy. Um, which it doesn't, but the very fact that you recognize we were trying to do that, 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 hey, good. <laughs> <laughs> so he has this confrontation with um, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins and the, the Amanda, who is the, the, the girl who runs this ninja group. Um, Shadow Hand. Shadow Hand, that's right. Look, Doug, Doug, all I'm going to say is that talk is cheap, sweetheart. <laughs> it's time to show Daddy where the honey is. <laughs> we, you, I mean, we were sitting there thinking of things to write, and that is what came out. That's a pretty great line. I got to tell you, yeah. 
I like that. Um, I'm, I'm having a T-shirt made with that. One. <laughs> I believe I might be credited in the closing credits for uh, for set design as like one of the list, specifically for this scene because after the fight that they have, uh, which ends up being it goes from an old boy tribute to a samurai film tribute where they uh, have a, like a one-on-one confrontation with like uh, drums beating in the background, yeah. uh, and he of course immediately falls down, um, which I thought was hilarious. He uh, throws what's supposed to be some sort of weapon that blinds everybody. And what that actually is, is a dollar store cup and ball game that uh, we, we appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, you know, I, wanted, I, was, I was asking about that because uh, I was saying that that looked like, uh, looked like a two-pound gym weight. You know, like, you know, like, you know how those little, those little gym weights are, are, like, always coated in some kind of, like, bright plastic? <laughs> yeah, right. No, it was just a cup and ball game. We used to call it a dollar store that's downtown here in Peterborough, our, our, our prop department, because we needed something. We were like, oh, that's good enough. We'll go with that this time. <laughs> did, you, did you do that annoying thing where you go up to the counter and say, sorry, how much is this? <laughs> Sorry, how much is this? Hey. We used to do that all the time and wind people up. Well, you, you, we that were... sounds horribly irritating. <laughs> yeah, it was horribly irritating. Because <laughs> you would pick up something that, you know, like there's always something in a pound store that looks slight, or a dollar store that looks slightly more than a dollar. Sorry, a pound mm-hmm. store? What, what kind of store is this? A pound store. Well, this before is... you were Canadian, mm. the queen who runs, no, <laughs> the queen who runs your nation as well. You go in the back so and you get pounded, you right? Know. That's how it works? Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. How no, much for no, this? Three strokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as everyone is blinded, Sean runs off and he grabs a mini bike from a kid who's walking through the uh, field. I love that bit. I absolutely loved the kid. I love any scenes where people like, steal things from children. Yeah, because then the kid has the kid has the really has the really great line where he goes, "Keep your stick on the ice, eh?" Thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Sean says, "Keep fit and have fun," which is a, a quote from a uh, a series of uh, of. Um, like like go out and exercise television ads here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> was that like was that like a little reference to the fact that he was so chubby or Yeah, I was gonna say that was a bit cruel to say to that kid. You <laughs> <laughs> just gave him a fucking bike and the kid's like overweight. We were just glad to have a kid, okay? <laughs> actually actually yeah, right. my actually one of one of my favorite little bits was uh, they do kind of like this cutaway shot to the bike and the kid sticks his head in and gives his big smile. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. What was that all that, about? That was, was just insane. an outtake that we of course did not shoot enough footage so had to go in there of course I love now, how, now I love how did you get the kid did the guy with the blue beard coax him into the back of a windowless uh, I'm assuming he was like one of their kids no absolutely not no. very young come on I don't know we're not like you Mo just procreating all over the goddamn place yeah we're young I'm not procreating all over the place I mean there's like I mean there are arcs of cum you know spewing everywhere but I mean like I'm hoping it doesn't land in anybody's vagina I'm, I'm pregnant just from doing this podcast <laughs> Uh. And edit point. All right. <laughs> so he steals this mini bike. That's it, Doug. Carry on talking about your movie. <laughs> so this mini bike. Oh, uh, this mini bike. By the way, didn't it, it, it moved a little bit uh, if it had gas? But we couldn't possibly afford gas for it. So he. There's a part where he's driving away with these ninjas behind him, and it is just rolling down the hill. That's what. That's how it's <laughs> propelling itself. Uh, and and that's how he gets away from the ninjas. 
Oh, the map bit where you had the map superimposed was great because you did like the old map thing with the red line going along the map. Yeah, that, I, which was Sean, fantastic. Sean deserves all the credit in the world for making that happen because it shows him driving and there's a map overlaid with like Indiana Jones style with the red line and then behind him is right. all the stock footage of him like going through tunnels and stuff and I thought, I, to be honest, I still am really impressed with how well that works. Well, what annoyed me was about it was I was like, it was really good. It was really well done. I wanted the map to go away so I could see him super, because I could tell behind the map that he was superimposed against something, but couldn't see it clear enough. And I really wanted the map to fade out and still get some cheesy, like, rear projection, green screen type stuff of him uh, driving along on a miniature bike. I would have loved that. And hey, guys, really see it. Right. So we should probably get to act two. <laughs> no, we, we have to talk about the next scene because I wrote it. I wrote the next scene. That's coming up, and okay, everyone, be quiet while we talk about something. <laughs> Doug did. No, I'm kidding. Now, this is actually a story I've heard three times right, now. Right, so. and, my, and my wife says I'm not allowed to tell the story, so we'll just relate. Just tell the story tell because, the damn because story, you so Doug. desperately want to tell it. I've told <laughs> the fucking story. Okay, it's been on another episode, um, but uh, the, the long and short of it. Um, sorry, I was thinking about Michael Fassbender again. Um, the, no. the, <laughs> The long and short of it is that we came up... I came up with this great idea. I didn't come up with this great idea. I just contradicted myself. Uh, We wanted this character that was like the Q character from the James Bond movies uh, because we needed to pad out the movie a little bit more because it was running a little short. Um, And what we wanted him to do was something visually interesting when Sean encounters him because he needs to be given something that's going to pay off at the end of the movie. So... I decided that it would be really funny, and remembering that I was in a room full of substances that might not be strictly legal, um, that it would be great if he was blowing up Jello to see what the, the combustible properties of different colors of Jello would be. Now, now I love this scene. I thought it was awesome. Now, now explain to me: was it was it part of the big idea to get a, a, a barely intelligible Indian man to? <laughs> To play that role, we we needed. I mean, now, 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 don't, now, now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought that Mahesh Patel was the best thing about this movie. <laughs> I I absolutely loved him, but. The fact still remains is that you have a role, you have a character who's supposed to be explaining everything, and you can't understand a word he says. Notice how the blue jelly isn't as combustible as red jelly. Subtitle at some point. Uh, (laughs) That wasn't. We needed an older gentleman to play this character, and uh, (laughs) Mahesh owns a lot of property here in Peterborough and was very willing to come to this set, so to speak, and play this role. And that's all we needed to get someone cast in the movie. He wants to be there? That's great. And to Mahesh's credit, we had. we appropriated a bunch of firecrackers, very legal firecrackers, for the this scene, and he did save me from blowing my fingers off <laughs> a couple of times. Uh, the uh, we blew why uh, because uh, no, I'm <laughs> I love how I love how I love how when you first encounter him, like um, I'm trying. Who who was it who encounters that? Is that is that Sean? Uh, Sean is yeah. He's, he's yeah, one. Sean. Um, so. <laughs> So he, so Sean's kind of like walking to his, you know, post, so to speak, like his mark, you know, and in the background you can see Mahesh, you know, like running to catch up to him, you know. (laughs) 
and I, I oh man, I just like I, like like this from the second I saw that I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. And like I just and and like any time he was on the screen after that, I was laughing. I loved it so much. We yeah, we had this big pile of firecrackers, and we uh, of course we blew up the Jello in um in you know in different colors, and then we of course piled Jello on top of everything and put as many firecrackers in as possible and just blew the <laughs> shit out of it. Uh, we had a great time, and we were just resting them on stumps and blowing up. And to be honest, the most amusing part of the scene is that there's the reverse shots are them getting pelted with jello. So we're just yeah. off screen just throwing jello at the at the two of them. But doesn't he say something along the lines of uh, the red jello is not as combustible as the blue jello? Yes. And then it cuts and then it cuts to the reverse shot and a huge amount of red jello like hits the <laughs> completely goes again. Let me reiterate that say? I wrote this scene. <laughs> Yeah. I also wrote this, the, the Sean goes, so how's the research going? And he goes, research? <laughs> <laughs> um, this was great. You see, that, but this is what I mean. It's like, for all its for its downsides, this film had, like, great little bits in it, like that, like the miniature bike and the... I liked all these bits. The, there's a reference to Sean using that explosive device that blinded the ninjas earlier, and then he asked if the guy had any help that he could spare. And uh, his response is to give Sean a toonie, which, for those who don't know, is a $2 coin here in uh, in Canada. Um, and he just holds it in his hand and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> but it will become important later, which is why I brought it up. See, if, actually, you were li- if you were listening to a, a little bit of the phone conversation that the blue bearded guy had back in the pool hall, then you'll know what was going on. Yeah, there is. There, of course, that was added afterwards just to make sure, sure. That, that it was a little clearer what the fuck was going on. Because um, I had no idea what was going on <laughs> until the very end. <laughs> and... Um, I will say... But sorry, Mo, I think I cut you off. Yeah, Mo, what were you I was going to say, I actually did know that that was a toonie. Oh, good, Mo. I Very good. Oh. Good. You get some Canadian points. Yeah, yeah. They're not worth anything. Who's a big boy? <laughs> get them hey. I know about professional wrestling. That's true. You're on board. You're two for two here today, Mo. I know. I, you know, I was. I, well, I didn't know about the Littlest Hobo. That, uh, no, that, I, I knew about that, so I got some points. We haven't talked about the Littlest Hobo yet. Um, <gasps> Shit. Edit point oh. and continue. And cut and continue. <laughs> uh, I will say that the, the only... I mean, the, the scene didn't come out exactly as I envisioned it, but what I do like is that uh, the final line of the scene as Sean walks off is Mahesh going, and now the pudding. And now the pudding. Which I thought was hilarious <laughs> at the time. I could not stop laughing at the fact that I was so amusing for writing that line. <laughs> uh, and, uh. and now we get, uh, really, we get back to the plot, uh, because all of these characters meet up at the top of... <laughs> So to speak, at the top of a parking garage, um, and and they uh, they meet together and they discuss what's going on and that the fact that they become this target for whatever reason, um, and then Nick Nick Jamat, who is another one of the original six, he appears out of the darkness, and with him is a hooded man, and they take the hood off, and it is uh, the Prime Minister of Canada. How dare you! I'm the Prime Minister, the most important man in the free world! Can't do this to me, fuckards! <laughs> just, just this has, guy was every great. time, every time I he love said, this guy. Yeah, every time he said, I'm the Prime Minister of Canada, <laughs> like, every time he said that, just like, fucking had me dying. I don't know if you guys remember the, I, I sent you over the, the outtakes from this movie. I don't know if either of you watched them, but, nope. uh, there's a scene. <laughs> 
I think all I got was the um, the commentary. I don't think I got any outtakes. Okay, well, I can send it to you. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. But there's mm, a part... I would love that. Uh, uh, the actor who plays the Prime Minister, Macro, is... Uh, he has acting experience, uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And so he was one of the few real actors, so to speak, on set. But there's a scene later on, and it ended up taking like something like 30 takes in order for him to get the single line. So we started calling him One Take Crow all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, no, he is uh, <laughs> he, he was a motivating force. So I was here in the middle of the night filming this scene on the top of a par- parking garage. And um, Mo, can you re- uh, remind me what happens next after the uh, prime minister is revealed? Um, I can if Mo can. Well, no, th- yeah, I, no, I can't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember specifically though. I kind of. I kind of remember. There's a line about how friends uh, will make you a sex tape and then promise not to put it on the internet, but then they do anyway. Uh, which I which I thought was great. Well, there's a veiled uh, thing throughout the movie uh, that the reason that Jimmy Light Show and particularly Mini Light Show, the puppet, is so upset at Dan is because at some point Dan has slept with. <laughs> The wife and uh, and made a sex tape of it, and him and Nick have put it on the internet for people to see. Yeah, but but I yeah. guess the, I guess the idea is that like Nick wasn't supposed to put it on the internet. <laughs> this will this will hopefully pay off a little later. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. So then so yeah. So there's that, and then um, they find out that the cover's been blown, which happened way earlier than they expected. Uh, and then there's the brilliant line of, uh, is there no one left we can trust? You tell me, whiskey tits. Is there no one left we can trust? You tell me, whiskey tits. I resent that. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're jumping a little ahead here because once uh, um, once the prime minister is revealed, and John will probably remember this, uh, immediately shots start ringing out. What happens is, like, I'm off camera with two laser pointers and waving them around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all this gunfire starts going off. And uh, and they all run away and, and jump into a uh, a car and drive off. Um, <laughs> we had like four people all with laser pointers, and we were all looking back because there was a security guard because we didn't have permission to be there, obviously. And <laughs> and we were screaming like, "Get in the car!" Uh, and can can I tell you a can I tell you a genuinely uh, odd story about filming on a parking garage and uh, disturbing people who were about to die? Sure. I mean, we're just going to cut it up. Please tell us. well well, way back when uh i was filming this thing when we're at university uh we used to do this like little mini series thing um called supercop which was a like a team night rider thing ripoff and in one scene um we had filmed at the top of a um parking garage uh, and then we wanted to like film other bits and the only other bit we the only bit where we could do the close-up scenes were that was at the hospital car park and so we were there late at night in the hospital car park, um, beating each other up. It was an action scene, and we were fighting each other and doing, like, throwing you say, each other down. You said down. up, right? Sorry? You said beating each other up, right? Beating each other okay. up, yes. Right. Like, uh, like fighting, like right. attacking okay. each other. Well, I, 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 just, fistic, just wanted to make, sure, make sure you didn't say off. Okay, go ahead. No, we were, yeah, we were beating <laughs> each other off in a, in a, in a hospital car park. <laughs> anyway, we made for good video. <laughs> the security guard wanders over like halfway through and we're both like it's pissing with rain and we're throwing each other around in puddles and stuff and the security guard wanders over from the hospital and he's like what are you guys doing <laughs> like are you guys okay we're like oh we're filming it's fine it's just for a thing and we're making a, a making a video and don't worry about it and we'll be gone in in 10 minutes sort of thing. he said oh okay no worries and wandered over anyway we carried on filming the scene 
and fighting and picking each other up and stuff. And then literally about five minutes later, he wandered back over. He said, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, uh, but the terminal ward overlooks the car park and you're disturbing people <laughs> on the terminal ward. <laughs> so you're going to have to go. <laughs> you think they would have been uh, happy to have something to watch. Yeah, right, exactly. Some free entertainment rather than the shit reality TV or game <laughs> show that was on television. But no, they didn't want to see it. They, we, we, so in, in the process of shooting a stupid little amateur fight scene, I upset people who had, like, terminal illnesses. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm kind of proud of. <laughs> if, there's any, if there's any goal in life, I think it would be to try to upset, upset as many terminally ill people as humanly possible. <laughs> it's a possible. bucket list moment for me. You know, I, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I, I've done it. I'm sure Doug's done it. You know, <laughs> I'm doing it right this yeah, second. You do it. You, you do it by, Mo, you do it by getting naked and streaking through the, <laughs> streaking through their room. It's not as good. It's true. It's true. Sorry, what are you leaving a streak on? Uh, anything I sit down on. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry I derailed the, the podcast. Please go back to your, your film. Your, your, your silly little film. What are we even doing talking about this movie? Um, <laughs> Wasting time. You begged me so hard. <laughs> we sure. have to do my movie. You said, do my movie or I will blow you. <laughs> Look, I have a mouth like velvet, so that you shouldn't be making fun. Um so, <laughs> I've, ar- I've already got a velvet jerk-off rag. <laughs> so the, all the characters in this movie go to a safe house, and uh, that's what you were talking about earlier, um, about uh, them discussing the sex tape and, and whatnot. Oh, man, I really jumped ahead then. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle decides that she's going to call her brother, who is also one of the original six. She's going to call Pete, and he's going to know what to do uh, to help them. Um, and we also get me again. The most important part, me doing the uh, a radio announcer, uh, basically explaining the plot up to this point, which is that the, these characters, Sean, Dan, and uh, and uh, M- Michelle, have been accused of kidnapping the prime minister. And the weather report from Sanchez Vukowski. We have some uh, breaking news here. There's been an assassination attempt on the prime minister. Now wait, I'm I'm getting an update. The prime minister is in intensive care. Doctors will not comment on his status. Canada is now in a state of emergency with the possibility of martial law being instated. Getting a little more information now. This can't be right. People of Canada, I have the sad duty to inform you that three of the original six, Sean Bruce, Dan Kildee, and Michelle Longhurst, are the main suspects. I'm being told now that authorities are closing in on their position. That, that, yep. That, yep, that's what happened. That's it. Yeah. And then we have... No, so, that, so that in other words... Well, they said, um, that, they said that the prime minister was in critical condition. Oh, that's right. And that you guys... Yeah, and you guys were the ones who had done it. But then it... Yeah, and then it comes back or and says, they, wait a minute, I'm being handed some more news, <laughs> and the prime minister dies, right? Or is meant to have died. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he, he right. it said that he's, he's, he's died, so people... In- and you're setting these guys up. As the traitors, even though they're not. Right, exactly. See, you paid attention. You knew what was going on. Yeah, of course. I knew what was going on. <laughs> all- it, was, it, was the, it was the tall guy and the guy from the beginning who gave the speech. Yeah, Pete is the tall yeah. guy, and that's the brother. I don't remember names. And that's the brother of <laughs> Michelle. And, and the guy from the beginning, Jim, they're the other two uh, members of the original six, and they're the ones who are setting everybody up. It all makes sense. It all fits together. And, 
and it all started on a park bench in a flashback. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that. later, so thank you for that. But we get a different flashback. I'm just trying to jump ahead. <laughs> we're running out of time here. Um, we're not even done with Act 2 yet. Actually, we're, we're, that's true. We're, we're deep into Act 2 right now. Um, we have a flashback to the war. Deep up in its guts. That's right. That's right. We're up to our... We're treating, it, we're treating it like the bitch that it is. We're up to our nuts. We're doing it hobo style. <laughs> it's not going to make any sense yet. <laughs> so we had like that did it make any before. sense anyway <laughs> while we were sitting in a room uh, with pot smoke <laughs> surrounding us it made all the sense in the world um so we have a flashback scene to the war at this point and i had to bring it up because this is the other scene that i wrote uh in full <laughs> which uh which you might remember as the scene where sean has a uh, pasta straight on his head on yeah. his head <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this, this was a little apocalypse now. Wasn't yes, it? exactly. It's supposed to be like uh, li- very much like a Vietnam style apocalypse now type uh, thing where they're all kind of hiding out uh, in in uh, among broken buildings and bricks. I was going to say, was it filmed outside the same shed that was being the safe house, in quotation marks? (laughs) No. In fact, uh, the scene was shot right behind Sean's apartment, which had a brick wall there. And we shot it at like 2 in the morning with these giant industrial lights. And we had people leaning out the window screaming at us the entire time because of the amount of noise and the lights that we had out there. (laughs) Yeah, it, it uh, it was still a lot of fun, but... Boy, they were fucking pissed, and rightfully so. And you, and you pesky kids deserved every second of yeah, it. We were li- yeah, but Doug, were there any terminal ones? <laughs> <laughs> if there were, they they can't complain about it now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking right. <clears throat> so uh, we get a little bit of uh, of uh, kind of uh, backstory about uh, how. The character of Jim is a bit of a psycho when it comes to uh, saving Canada, that sort of thing. Um, I suppose we could have cut the scene entirely; it wouldn't really have made any difference. Yeah, I put a, I put a really gr- I put a note in in I I, made, I wrote a note. I said that uh, Sean thinks Jim is going insane, yet he's the one wearing the pot. <laughs> <on his head. laughs> the great thing is, of course, it's this pot which is uh, made of shiny metal, so. Every time he was any bit close to the camera, you could see everything on the entire 180 degrees around him reflected in it. So we had to throw dirt on him <laughs> until uh, uh, until it, it was kind of uh, subdued enough to shoot. Uh, and he also, Sean wanted an opportunity to talk, uh, speak in French in the scene, so he does. And he speaks Quebec French to a uh, to Nick, who is from France. Uh, so I don't know how they communicated, but they managed to do it. Well, it's it's, it's like me talking to like a hick in you know in, in in Alabama. You know, it's like it's like me talking to Mo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yowza! <laughs> Uh, I've been served. <laughs> so we pull out of this flashback, and Pete arrives on the scene. Uh, Pete being uh, Michelle's brother, and yay, yay, and and Pete uh, is not the uh, the stand-up great guy that we are uh, thought that he was going to be, but instead he is a psychopath <laughs> who runs in. And uh, well, what do you, what do you think about Pete, Mo? Oh, I liked him. <laughs> I thought he was a real. I thought he was a real true Canadian hero. <laughs> I remember putting together a uh, sort of a, a collection of clips to try to get 
to this actor the uh, the sort of tone that we were going for, and uh, yeah. what, what it ended up being were clips of. Uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker from the Batman animated series. Nice. <laughs> so that's what. So he's really exaggerated, uh, maybe a little more than we were expecting. <laughs> uh, but he shoots Sean in the head as soon as he comes in. So glad to see you. How nice of you to invite me to the party, sis. Wow, look at these guests. Why, Prime Minister Crow, how good to see you. And why? Who do we have here? It's Dan Kildee, war hero. Yeah, and at, this was the point where I said, finally, that mustache is gone. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I think that's why he shot them. <laughs> he said, fuck you, stash. It's funny you mentioned that because we had shot that entire scene, including Sean getting his head blown off. And when we got back that night to look at all the dailies, uh, we noticed that he wasn't wearing his mustache during that scene. So we ended up having to go back out and shoot it again. Wow. In fact, the way that you know that is this scene uh, ends with uh, Dan and Michelle and Nick and the Prime Minister all being uh, kind of kidnapped away. But uh, then two other kind of good guys come in and, and check on Sean's body. But if you look at that scene, Sean is not wearing his mustache. On the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's because the bullet blew it up. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, I noticed how there is a, uh, there's a very abrupt uh, sort of cut to... Uh, to the, the otter looking of those <laughs> two other guys who he brings back and he's got this real excited look on his face and then it's just like <laughs> and then it's just gone on to the next scene. You yeah, know? that's exactly but it. Is it but isn't that whole scene uh, with the brother showing up intercut with Dan's torture? No, no. The, the, the Dan oh. that that's we go immediately into Dan's torture scene, which is yeah. intercut with the brother talking to Michelle, trying to convince oh, okay. her to come over to his side. Um, right. and this Come Michelle. So Come to the dark side. We always knew that we wanted to do a torture scene in the movie. I'm sorry. I'm just, being, I'm just being a dick now. This is CNN. Um. I haven't eaten yet tonight. I would like to eat at some point. No, too fucking bad. We're here for the rest of the night talking about this movie. That's what's going to happen. I want to talk about my movie. <laughs> So uh, we cut to Dan being tortured. He's uh, tied up uh, or, or chained up in a chair, and he's being tortured. He was really good in this scene. Uh, it's, this was my favorite scene with him. He Dan, was yeah. really good in this scene. And I thought that, like, if you were going to go ahead and do your big, gory, you know, Grand Guignol scene where you were going to have blood flying everywhere and him spitting blood and, you know, certain things being happened to him, I thought it was this scene you actually really pulled off well. I want you to know that your pain will equal my pleasure. Well, I mean, it was, it's easier with certainly this small number of people in this enclosed place, uh, which, by the way, this was shot in the same place that that safe house was. <laughs> right. So he's being... But with green bags, like, stapled to the wall. That's exactly right. Some of those were already there for some reason. I don't know what had happened there previously. <laughs> people have been sawing up bodies for years. <laughs> Not officially. But uh, he, no. he's being tortured by Jimmy Lightshow and Minnie Lightshow. By the evil puppet. The evil puppet. Uh, voiced by me just for a second in this scene. Um, and he uh, he keeps taunting the both Jimmy and the puppet by talking about how he fucked his wife. Uh, how is the wife, anyways? Still wearing those curls I gave her? Some of the best shit-talking I, 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 torture scene I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
and he responds to every act of something horrible happening to him, like the puppet sticking its, its wooden hand into a wound on his chest. Or <laughs> well, pulling off his fingernail, which was, like, very nicely done. <laughs> that fingernail scene, uh, it, it, it probably is the scene that gets the most reaction in the movie, but that all it is is a Halloween plastic hand that we have cut off with a pair of scissors, one of the nails, and stuffed little pieces of tissue uh, with red food coloring on it. And and, yeah. and that's all it was. We had a little bit of glue on it, and they just pulled it up. And uh, <laughs> But it, it was like they modeled that Halloween thing off of his fucking hand because it looked so much like it. You know I flipped her upside down, don't you? Crazy. Yeah. But I like that they did that. They pulled his fingernail off only to then just lop off his <laughs> entire hand. <laughs> Well, they had they had to because the dirty Sanchez was her idea, right. uh, which you can now which you can now see on the internet unless no. you've already seen the tape. Was it? Oh, very- wait, wait, wait! You've already seen the tape. Oh yeah. <laughs> dirty Sanchez is her idea, as you can now see on the internet unless you've already seen the tape. Oh my god! You have seen it. <laughs> Yes, so uh, he <laughs> just just to get to the culmination of this. Uh, yes, Dan gets his arm uh, lopped off, or well, really his hand uh, lopped off by uh, by the puppet um, in in a um, uh, back to basics effect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this oh, was good. That was fine. Yeah. Well, the scene is intercut with uh, Michelle and Pete having a discussion in the other room uh, on noticeably worse film quality. <laughs> uh, I love the propaganda video that he shows. Her. The propaganda video that he shows her. Now, this is another Canadian thing. In the year 2007, six of our nation's bravest heroes fought to preserve our country's integrity in the wake of America's invasion. An eight-day war that could have cost millions of lives. Their bravery alone is the greatest example of what all Canadians hold closest to their hearts, their freedom. But nothing can last forever. In 2021, four members of the original six broke away from their unit and began an invasion of their own, only this time from the inside. They began with the successful assassination of Prime Minister Matt Crow and made efforts from there to quickly overtake the House of Commons. Thankfully, two members from the original six had retained their dignity and national pride. With the help of the Canadian Secret Intelligence Service, the renegades were apprehended and brought to justice before any more damage could be done. Canada thanks the two heroes whose pride, honour and integrity has kept this country safe from those who have sought to overthrow it. If we forget our pride, we forget ourselves. A message from the Canadian Secret Intelligence Service. Uh, on Canadian television for the entirety of the 1990s and for most of the 2000s, uh, during commercials they would have these things called Canadian Heritage Moments, and they would basically relate a uh, piece of Canadian history, and uh, then it would end with uh, you know some sort of voiceover talking about how important this is, and that little... Uh, <laughs> that, that, that scene, just because Canadians aren't really aware of this shit, uh, that scene is supposed to compl- emulate uh, one of those moments, and it ends exactly the same way that those moments would uh, would be on television. But of course, you would never know that. <laughs> right. 
But I like man, the fact that... Man, it's a, good, it's a good thing that America never does anything like that. Sure. Yeah, right. No, I actually, I actually said to my, I actually said to my friend um, last night after watching the film, um, I said that, that it's funny when when uh, Britain is uh, patriotic, you think, oh, for God's sake, get over yourself. It's been a hundred years already. When um, when America is patriotic, you you're sick. But when Canada is patriotic, you kind of go with it. It's sort of weird. I don't know why. Maybe Canadians don't. But like when when for some reason, like the the scene where he uses the flag later on. Like, even me, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I don't know why it's awesome. <laughs> well, we, th- we thought it would be fun because there, there is not a lot of that. I mean, we have our own Canadian television. We have our own Canadian movies, which people can't see, right, because they don't play in our theaters for the most part. Uh, so there, there's not a lot of nationalism, so to speak, and especially because our culture is sort of a mishmash of both British and American influence. So, it's it, you know, sometimes we like to kind of revel, revel? Rebel in our own sort of pop culture, Canadian pop culture, which is what we were trying to do with this. Um, right. Which which sounds pretentious, but it really just means that we wanted to make references to like red green fucking uh, <laughs> stupid commercials. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not really anything all that pretentious about you know thinking back to today's special and you can't do that on television. Right. I mean, it's really I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they show gloopy sound effects. They, <laughs> they show this heritage moment to Michelle, and it's uh, basically a summation of what the propaganda uh, is being sent out. Uh, and this is actually filmed by a different filmmaker uh, with a whole other set of actors playing playing the same actors. That's what I thought. Playing the same characters. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, it actually, to be honest, it looks so much better than the rest of the movie in a lot of ways. Oh, I was going to make that joke, and then I thought, no, that's a bit too harsh. <laughs> and, and I mean, it even sounds better. The, the woman that they got to do the voiceover sounds like a real... Because uh... <laughs> when it ended, I was like, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do see Nick try to bust into the building to rescue everybody. And as he does that, a alarm goes off. Uh, meaning that a red light shines every once in a while. Um, and Dan uh, is rescued by the prime minister who unchains him, and he decides to uh, – well, what does he decide to do? Oh, oh, painful. Just just thinking about it hurts. Uh, yeah, he decides well, – I mean, he, well, he, he sits and he stares, goes back and forth between his hand, his hand. And, and the machete blade and the hand – and the machete blade. He does what Bruce Campbell would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he shoves the fucking machete blade up his arm. Yeah. He puts it into his own stump, and uh, yeah. and he says, "Fuck yeah." Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> And uh, and he is going to spend the rest of the movie with a machete blade for a hand. And I, I don't even know at this point in the writing of the. There's actually there's actually a scene coming coming up real soon in because uh, we're about to start Act Three That's now. Right. You know, there's a scene coming up real soon where uh, I forget who the character is. Uh, oh, I think it's Michelle. She like faints or something, and he like <laughs> and he kind of does like one of these like you know reach around sort of like grabbing her cuddle things. But he's got this he's got the Bleed, so it's like the most awkward thing ever. Yes, that is coming up very soon. Yeah, we're in we're into Act Three now uh, because yeah, and close to cutting a tit off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> act Three, the road to ruin. This is the final act of the film now. Um, 
we uh, we get now a car chase, and now the car chase originally was envisioned as people who uh, who knew what they were doing, perhaps chasing each other with cars. Uh, but that ended up <laughs> that ended up being the car chase was envisioned <laughs> as people in cars chasing each other. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I, thought that this, I thought that this was an homage to the uh, uh, to the O.J. Simpson, you know, <laughs> <the> Bronco <laughs> chase. Yeah, very very that, timely that fucking is, reference. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's only ten years late, but I mean, you know. Yeah, well, no, that wasn't what it was. It was just two cars <laughs> chasing each other. No, Mo, you're wrong. <laughs> you are wrong, Mo. Every time you think something is good, Mo, that's right. But every time something is stupid, that's not what we meant. I didn't say I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was OJ. I thought you were going to say, I didn't say anything was good. <laughs> I never said anything was good. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> this is the scene, by the way, where they, they there are some uh, poor man's process shots where uh, people are shooting out, out the windows of the cars. Uh, and then someone pulls out I, a uh, bazooka. PB, the PVC pipe bazooka? That it is yeah. exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's a PVC pipe bazooka uh, <laughs> and shoots a uh, and shoots and blows up our uh, beautiful downtown clock tower here in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I thought, I, I, again, I really like that. Well, it, it, there was like seven versions of that effect and all of them were just kind of like an explosion layered on and Shonda said, no, I want to take a look at this and he made it so it, it fucking blows to shit. It just goes everywhere. <laughs> and then doesn't it knock over a road sign? It knocks over a road sign. It gets a little... It goes a little overboard. Um, but that, No, I like yeah, that. No, because you had it with the driving and the shaky cam and the explosion and the thing. It, it, it That scene all kind of worked and put together kind of was was a great effect. And the the two cars eventually meet and they have a little shootout and um, and Sean, no sorry, not Sean, Sean has had his head blown off. But uh, Dan and Pete have a little face uh, face off and um, it looks like Pete is fucked because he's had the gun shot out of his hand and then Michelle points her gun at Dan for some reason that I'm not absolutely certain about. <laughs> well, it, I Stop mean, trying to make sense. I think I, I took this to be First of all, isn't it meant to be a red herring that maybe all maybe all along her brother has talked her into joining his side? Yes, absolutely. First of all. Uh, secondly, it could be that if anyone's going to kill my brother or if anyone's going to like face off with my brother, it's going to be me. Right. And thirdly, isn't it all because she's had this kind of what's meant to be, I suppose, sexual tension and stuff, but really it's just her calling Dan a fucking idiot the whole time <laughs> all through the movie. Yes. And isn't it just... Like she's just saying, like not not you. You're the last person to point a gun at my brother. Kind of. That's how I took it. No, that's that, I mean that's absolutely right. And the red herring aspect is is uh, intentional, obviously. And of course, there's also the sexual tension between her and your brother. You know? <laughs> right. So she ends up pointing. If anybody's gonna fuck my brother, it's gonna be me. <laughs> she, she ends up uh, pointing. No, if anyone's gonna fuck my brother, it's gonna be you. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So she ends up pointing her gun at her brother, who uh, grabs the gun, and uh, and he, she ends up shooting him in the shoulder, and a bunch of blood squirts up. And uh, he goes, would you really shoot your own flesh and blood? And then he grabs the gun from her, but it goes off, and he shoots himself in the head. Uh, and that's how he dies. Pete is dead. He shot me. Would you really kill your own flesh and blood? I would. Oh, doesn't that, he say like? That, I, doesn't happened? he say like? I would. He goes, I would when he grabs it. Sorry, what? Oh, right. 
Oh, he shot himself. Oh, I thought she no, shot she him. she shot him. She the gun. What, I, what, I, what I mean by shot himself is that when he grabbed it, she fired the gun, so... Oh, okay, fine. Right. Yeah. And then we have the Poochie moment where everyone... It's important to get these details right for a film no one's going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're going we're gonna to actually put the movie beneath this so people can watch it as it's going. Hopefully, because that's... We're already talking longer than the fucking movie is. It's going to the podcast. It's going to be three times. We do that quite a bit, actually. Always. We always, almost always do that. Uh, so they have the Poochie moment. I'm cutting 90% of this out. It's going to be like, hey, welcome to the show. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Doug made something once. <laughs> in fact, in fact, after we're done with this, John, go have uh, go have yourself some dinner and then call me back and we'll record the real podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it, it's hello, everybody. Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. Then it's a story about John entertaining some burn victims and then it's over. <laughs> so uh, so this is the Poochie moment where everyone stands around and they talk about how great Sean Bruce is and how they wish that he was still alive because they're fucked because he's not around and then they're told that, hey, Sean is actually alive despite being shot point blank right in the fucking forehead and his brains <laughs> splattering out all over the goddamn floor. Um, he's now lying on a like picnic table in a darkened room. He looked at crazy yeah. Indian. Mahesh is looking after him. He has an, uh, uh, a novelty Halloween IV bag, which is attached to his arm. Uh, nice. <laughs> and yeah, this it's in a um, uh, small theater. We had set up a table for him to lie on, and that's where it's uh, it's taking place. Um, we do get a small flashback that uh, that sets up that Sean was was set up by Pete and Jim in the past, um, but that's not really that important, so we can just kind of skip over that. Yes, on the on the park bench. Yes, exactly. They have, a, they have this park bench, and they explain that they were going to send him to Cuba, and he ends up getting uh, trapped and captured in Cuba, and uh, and he mentions a few times kind of veiled references to the fact that it's kind of fucked up his brain. And made him grow a mustache. <laughs> made him stick one on. Yeah, stick one on. He had a little bit of fucking carpet on his yeah. upper lip. Or, or I, I couldn't work out whether he'd done that or put glue on his upper lip and then kissed the dog's ass. <laughs> 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 and just pulled the dog away and gone, ha ha! <laughs> Instant <laughs> facial hair. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. So now we get the really kind of sad part of the movie where everyone is really depressed up in, uh, in, in another safe house, which is just Sean's apartment. Um, and they're just kind of standing around and talking about how that they, uh, they're never going to be seen as heroes because people think that they killed the prime minister of Canada. Um, and then... Which I never understood because the prime minister was at that point still alive. Yeah, he's even, so he even says something like, Let, if I get to Ottawa, I'll clear this up. But, uh, uh, good old whiskey tips. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> but then they, but then at some point they said it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, we're still going to lose. And I was like, why are you going to lose? Like it, that that bit confused me. I think the idea is that because the entire Secret Service is controlled by uh, by Jim, the bad guy, that that they don't have any way of actually winning. Because remember, Sean Bruce isn't around, and without him, they can't win. <laughs> no, they've just got some dude who's like hard enough to withstand torture and shove a machete up his. <laughs> Hand, but no, they need the guy in the. <laughs> the guy, the guy the in the fake, fake mustache, mustache. And, and, the, and the weird kink in his he neck. He fought up yeah. ninjas, okay? Did, did he, though? <laughs> yeah, well, look, 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 look. I remember them beating the shit out of him, actually, now that I think about it. Um, they beat the shit out of him, and he ran away. That's <laughs> how I remember that. Look, all I know is that Kildee takes out the puppet 
pretty badass. Okay, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. First, this is really important. This is the most important part of the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to skip the most important no, part so we can talk is, about mur- puppet murder. This is murder. so Come important on. right now because uh, Commander right. Steel shows up and admits that he was wrong all along and that he's going to join up with them for this final confrontation. And he has brought friends along. And those friends are... Me <laughs> and my Newfoundland accent. These spousy Sabines got something coming to them. We'll be with you at once. And uh, my brother, uh, who's the other guy, uh, who's in that scene. And uh, we, um, there, again, there was a, an originally more dialogue that explained who the fuck we were. But in this case, we just show up out of nowhere and uh, are now part of the crew. And I'm, if you don't know what a Newfoundland accent sounds like, I, I can't emulate one right now. I. I Mine's sort of gone, but it is... He hasn't drunk enough. It, it is nigh <laughs> unintelligible, as Mo will attest to. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all the Scots and Irish and stuff. That, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and all the weird, incestuous fucking... Fucking. Uh, fucking fucking. <laughs> all the weird, incestuous fucking. <laughs> oh, and talk about the sexual tension finally hitting its peak. That's right. You mean between, you mean between Doug and his brother? That's right. <laughs> We, we start making out, and, and uh, everyone in the room just whips out their dicks and starts. I mean, it, 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 it's a great moment in cinema, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. The, the greatest what? moment. <laughs> the the every hole's a goal scene that you oh. shot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, it, the, the sexual... Which was disturbing, because there was only one woman in the whole... No, I'm <laughs> Is it disturbing? Um, but <laughs> the, the Why was the subtitle of this movie airtight? <laughs> oh my god, what is going on? Um, the Michelle and Dan, who have had sort of a playful relationship this entire time, uh, she she gives him a, a great big kiss because she uh, she's likes the taste of blood. Yeah, because he's still covered in blood despite the fact that they're they're and you. And you just know that Dan got half a wood on. <laughs> yeah, no, he had a, he had a half a roll of quarters in his uh, in his pants at that yeah. point. Um, from the and a full on machete and, and a f- <laughs> 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 bleeding machete. Weird. <laughs> oh, so this is it. This is we're in, we're finally in the final scene of the movie, uh, where all of <sighs> this big fucking collection of characters all walk down the stairs towards their almost certain doom because uh, facing them is uh, is uh, Jim, the bad guy, Jim Ellison, a, a collection of his agents, and Jimmy Lightshow and his mini Lightshow puppet. Uh, and, and it's always at this point where if the good guys just whipped out all of their guns, they could... Like end the film there and then. <laughs> yes, that would probably would have uh, would have been uh, what exactly would have happened. There's one thing I want to mention about this scene, and that is Commander Steele, the guy who has the eye patch. Uh, if you went back and watched this scene while they're all walking down the stairs, you'll notice that he is no longer the same actor. He's actually well, that, <laughs> that, that certainly explains why he has a thing wrapped. He has a bandana around his face because that actor couldn't make it that day. We really needed to shoot it, so we just got some other guy to dress in his clothes and, and just. And mostly, people didn't notice. No, I wasn't paying any attention. I wasn't paying point. enough attention. Yeah, <laughs> Good, that that was the plan. Is that people were so bored at this point that it wouldn't matter what the fuck we put on the screen. No, at this point, I just wanted to see more puppet. Well, you're in luck <laughs> because that's exactly what you get. Um, well, let's yeah yeah. 
Well, I mean, so so they start. So basically, everybody starts shooting. Is it, it do the pup? No, no, the puppet dies first. Right? What happens? Well, actually, Jimmy Lightshow dies first. Uh, De- well, yeah. Dan walks forward, and when I say the puppet, I mean both of them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> who is the real puppet, though? That's, that's what I'm saying. I can't uh, tell them apart. Yeah, but I, don't I mean, know who's who. real question: Who's the real monsters? Is it us? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Actually, it's certainly me. Yeah. It's, you it's, are the greatest monster in history. It's definitely us three for subjecting. <laughs> people to this hour and a half of nonsense. <laughs> I hope it's an hour and a half. Jesus, I hope so, too. Uh, what happens is that Dan walks forward with his machete arm, and, and Jimmy uh, dances forward on his side, uh, and they walk towards each other. I got to admit, I got to admit, I really did enjoy him dancing forward. <laughs> uh, we literally could not stop him from dancing. If we got him to walk, if we had to have him walk from one place to another, he would dance every single time. And in fact, the the uh, the outtakes which I did send to you, you will see much more of that dancing if you were. So- I didn't. I didn't get it. <laughs> so um, no, we put him on tonight and have a have a good time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's you know what, what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's how dance you more for me. Time. Dance more for me. I like the pattern sounds <laughs> the way they move. <laughs> you, you look like a mildly retarded pirate. Dance more. <laughs> So Dan uh, and him, they sort of uh, run at each other. He, he shoots him a couple times. He shoots at Dan, but Dan deflects the bullets. <laughs> he deflects it with the machete. <laughs> that was no effect necessary. Just move your arm and that's it. <laughs> and he runs forward. And he Somewhere a Foley artist is going, ding, ding, ding. No, it's just someone saying that. Ding, ding. Yeah, right. And Dan stabs. Jimmy Lightshow in the stomach, and he kills him, and that's the end of Jimmy Lightshow. However, I, I've never come harder in my life. <laughs> well, was that too let's much? See if we, was that too much? Did I go too far? Well, let's see if we can break that record. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, because uh, Jimmy falls down dead, but Mini Lightshow is still alive, and he uh, <laughs> with the, His, him flying through the air was unbelievably well done. <laughs> <laughs> we, we filmed him flying through the air against. I mean, we didn't have a green screen, so we had a green wall. So it's just <laughs> just him moving through the air and launching himself at Dan with his own kind of uh, big uh, knife sword thing. Uh, and they have a little scuffle, which is just Dan <laughs> manipulating this puppet onto himself uh, before he... Which is Dan likes to do. <laughs> that's right. Dan loves to manipulate himself. Um, that's that's <laughs> all over puppets. <laughs> Um, wow. And so he, then he throws the puppet to the ground and he starts slicing it to, to pieces. And then he does one last stab. And that's the moment where I'm right out of frame with a big mouthful of blood and a big tube squirting it into Dan's face, um, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> you like squirting it into Dan's face. I, actually, 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 my absolute favorite part of the movie is happening right after this. Okay. Uh, well, why don't you tell us what that is? Well, so so at this point now they're dead, and and uh, and the 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 I, I don't know if you I guess you'd call them the bad guys uh, start opening fire, and uh, and a certain and a certain Doug and his brother pretty much just go down immediately <laughs> on each other. That's right. Yeah, they walk down the stairs <laughs> and then they die. Yeah. <laughs> we walked out, well, well, what really happens is that uh, Jim, the bad guy, not Jimmy, but Jim, nods at one of we think are the good guys and he turns on them and he turns around and shoots me and shoots my brother and also shoots Commander Steel. Uh, at this point the actual actor <laughs> gets shot. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. 
That's what happened. And then he grabs the prime minister and – I was kind of asleep by this point. Yeah, I can understand that. That's fine. <laughs> well, you'd already come by this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's, I mean, that's what happens. I'd been furious, I had been furiously masturbating for the, for the last, like, you know, 65 minutes and, you know, I – This really is a very special episode of Daily Grindhouse Presents. No he, just, he just has no stamina. That's the problem. I, I can only come three times during the course of a movie, and then I got such an angry know. finisher. It just disappoints <laughs> yeah, me every time. <laughs> oh my! And, there, and there's number four. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this turncoat. Oh, now I've got to clean down the wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> this this turncoat takes the prime minister and basically brings him over to the bad guy, who then instructs one of his men to shoot the turncoat. That's what happens there, Mo. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I remember. We'll keep quiet so we can play out to the end. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. And We're just letting you talk at this point. So at this point, it looks like all hope is lost. The, the prime minister is captured by the bad guys. Uh, they're hopelessly outnumbered. They all start to back up towards these, this flight of stairs. And suddenly, who appears but Sean Bruce alive? Yay. Yeah, and, Yay. and he's uh, – while that scene was going on, by the way, he was being – it looked like he was being killed by the um, – uh, Shadowhand, the ninja girl. But no, he, he appears with Shadowhand in front of him, and he hurls her over the group of people. Uh, and which is also which is also a pretty great effect. <laughs> yeah. Again, the pool noodles they they, they, they they're so flexible. Uh, <laughs> so he hurls this person. But I love I love the cracking noise when she hits the ground. <laughs> All right, hosers, game on. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, uh, then a piece of very familiar music starts to play. At least it would be very familiar to everybody in Canada. Uh, all the yeah, us Americans, you know, we don't. Yeah, we, we wouldn't get it. All the music in this movie. This is a funny thing. We could have distributed this movie, right? Because all the music we had permission to use, except we. Sean was obsessed with using the Hockey Night in Canada CBC theme song for this scene, and of course we couldn't possibly get the rights to it. So we just put it in there anyway. Right. Why not? What are Why they? Not, what are they going to do? Sue us? Um, <laughs> to please, please don't sue us. <laughs> Um, and they run for... If they, if they watched the film that far, <laughs> surely that would have been punishment enough. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, all right, we, we, you know, we paid our dues already, just keep it. So reinvigorated by Sean's appearance, uh, they run down the steps and start shooting back. Which I like it because he's wearing a hockey goalie helmet. That's right. And he's, and he's draped, draped in, in the Canadian, Canadian flag. flag. He has a Canadian Which, flag. <laughs> like, he's holding it out in front of himself like Dracula, like, yeah. covering his face, and like the old Ed Wood it's, film. He's you know? meant to be holding it in front of himself like a shield, even though it's just a, you know, flag. <laughs> yeah. It even made me fist punch the air. I was, I was like, hey! I don't know why I'm cheering. Why am I cheering for these What the fuck fools? do I care about Canadians? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a flag. Yeah, a fucking flag! Put a flag in front of me and anything. <laughs> and uh, then there's a barrage of <laughs> practical effects where uh, bullets, holes are going through people's heads and arms, and uh, really it's just us spitting out blood uh, over and around people. Um, and <laughs> I, I have to mention at this scene that the, the, just like a lot of movies, our blood was made of corn syrup and red food dye and maybe a little bit of peanut butter. But what they don't talk about in the making of movies is that um, you know what really loves – 
uh, corn sugar, uh, sorry, uh, corn syrup and sugar uh, are wasps and bees and bugs. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because in these l- later scenes, a, a lot of it is kind of washed out, but that's because we've kind of had to overlay little pieces of white to blur out all of the bees and wasps that were around us at every single moment of it. There's actually there's actually a really uh, like uh, a couple of moments back. There's actually a really great scene where um, where uh, Kildee's like pointing his machete at the camera essentially, and you can see a bee flying around. <laughs> he he got it worst of all, right? Because he is covered in blood and the whole time. And his arm yeah. his armhole is just a lot of play doh and shit covered in blood, and he is just getting attacked the whole time. But worse even than that is uh, the uh, Matt Crow who played the prime minister. We had to have a shot of him laying on the ground, and he is allergic to bee stings, and oh, and he was covered in blood, as you'll see why in a moment, and he was terrified, and we're just waiting. It's like, no, no, just hold on. We'll get the shot. We'll get the shot. This is actually in the outtakes, by the way, but we didn't end up using that scene in the final movie anyway. Dog, <laughs> we're not watching the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> so all of Why do you want to torture me like this? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So what happens? I can't remember. Everyone gets shot. All the all. The, yeah, essentially yeah, everyone dies. Shot. And Jim uh, explains his plan about how they were never supposed to survive. And, uh, and then he says the plans have changed, and he shoots the prime minister and kills him. And Dan screams. <laughs> I was pissed because, you know, they killed Whiskey Tits. They killed, yeah. they killed old Whiskey Tits. Not only that, but your hero had just shown up. Yeah, that's right. got the guy with the machete arm. Like, nobody could have just charged this fucker and stabbed him before he shot the Prime Minister. John, before John, he took John. an age to shoot the Prime Minister. John. Shh. <laughs> you know what? That would have made a lot more sense than what we did. Let's change that's this whole thing around. Um, so, uh, so, Jim... Uh, after shooting the prime minister, they all open fire on him, and he gets shot like a dozen times, and just laughs it off um, because they have to give Sean an opportunity to say, "There's no such thing as heroes." Weird voice, and flip a toonie to him. And why does he do that? Because it's a bomb. It's a because it's a bomb. It's a bomb, and a big nuclear blast goes <laughs> off, reflected in Sean's glasses, uh, and that's I don't know how they all survived. This fucking mushroom cloud going off <laughs> inches because, away, and and you would only they, understand that if you were listening to a recorded message on a phone conversation in a scene in a movie you didn't realize was important. Yeah, well, that's, we wanted to make sure that everything had meaning. <laughs> look, look, look! Excellent. It's it's pretty easy to explain how they survived that. Clearly, they were all hiding in a 1950s style uh, refrigerator. Yeah, yes. that's it. <laughs> that's what happens with some cartoon gophers. <laughs> <laughs> and now Sean, I, Sean swings what? through the air with monkeys. Yeah, oh, fuck. Why, why, oh, I don't even get me started on that. <laughs> that stupid fucking film that starts with a cartoon gopher. So, 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 come on, we've got one, we've got one more joke left in the movie, and then, and then we're done. Yeah. So yeah, can anyone this. explain to me why the director of the movie lives in outer space? 
Oh no no we 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 have to get the final line in first, which is yeah. Please let's yeah. do that because he, he so he drapes the he drapes <laughs> his flag over the prime minister, and then somebody says the line, "Where do we go from here?" And I really want to know what the hell they say after that because I didn't. Oh catch okay. It. Uh, well, they, they say none of is it? Uh, um, how do you pronounce it? None of them yeah, or whatever it is it, is yeah. nice this time of year. I heard none of it's nice this time of year, and then they all burst out laughing, and two of the characters give a high five and it this freeze frame <laughs> while the credits start to roll. The yeah the none end. of it is in the. Uh, is in the northern uh, part of territory. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's uh, yeah, I just didn't hear what they said. And also, you wouldn't know what it meant anyway, Mo. Jesus, <laughs> hey, Mo, hey, Mo, why don't you crack open a book now and again? Because huh? I'd rather crack a beer. Oh no, the podcast is having a round. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, the last episode. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Doug. Doug, Ben, fuck you and your Canadian shit. Yeah, there's Doug. You should be. You should be like, fuck you, Mo. Getting a little British bitch to come on the show. <laughs> fuck you, Mo. Getting a little British bitch to come on the show. Why you need a little protection? Come on, Mo. Huh? What are you gonna do about it? Anyway, I'm gonna hide. I'm I'm, I'm safe in my house. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if, if you're gonna if you're gonna come get me, I've got nine hours to prepare. <laughs> so the, and has his own machete, <laughs> and I do have my own machete. I know because I've polished it. I mean, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't even think that's a euphemism. <laughs> what is that? A machete? Uh, so the movie starts to. <laughs> what is that? A machete? What is that? A machete? <laughs> or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so why does the director live in outer space on a on a couch. Well, uh, mostly because that couch was in front of a uh, green painted wall and they needed to put something there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just weirdly floating around. And he, he isn't wearing shoes or socks because that's how he rolls. Uh, right. Yeah. And he talks and he, we needed a reason for people to stick around through the fucking endless credits. So... <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, three full minutes of three credits. Three full minutes of credits and there's a gigantic... And 90% of them say Doug Dillon. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you could have just, just had one giant block that just listed everything you did and it just said Doug Dillon. And of course Dillon. there's this giant counter that just plays over the credits that takes up most of the screen anyway. So you Yeah, that pissed me off so much. I was trying to figure out what some of that music was because there's one particular like hip-hop song um, I think it's the hip hop song that plays over that map scene, yeah. um, and it's awesome. It's it's amazing. I want to know what that is. The one that goes, uh, two of us. Uh, uh, I can't remember the fucking song. Goes. I don't know. They're talking about Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's one of those Canadian things. You know, it's Canadian rap. Like you know, that's that's world famous, right? Like that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? You guys have never heard of? Um, oh fuck! What's uh, MC Fresh West? No? <laughs> no. How about that? I can't say I have you ever heard of bust, that song, Bust a Move? Oh, yeah. Yeah! You want it, you got it. I've heard, it, I've heard of, like, Martin Short and Eugene Levy. Sorry, this is, uh, my wife is yelling at me about how long this podcast is going on. I need you to rub my bunion. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's, that's, that's, that's staying there. Um, uh, uh, darling, we're, uh, we're finishing... Darling, I need mo to run Darling, honey, well. light of my life. <laughs> One of these days, Alice. No, well, we're uh, we're continuing, and we're, we're just about finished. We're finishing the movie. <laughs> I agree. I agree. This has been awful. No, I think it'll come together. I think once Mo pieces it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll depend on the on the production masterpiece yeah. of Mo. Once Mo uses puts his magic to the. Uh, <laughs> Once we record ourselves coming together, then it might. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I'll start. 
right, count, down, <laughs> count down from ten. <laughs> You're such a quick finisher. <laughs> look, look, I learned from Ron Jeremy. <sighs> uh, we didn't mention, because we need to extend this. Yeah, right. What extend, didn't we mention, Doug, extend, about I was you? Say, what haven't we mentioned? <laughs> extend your machete towards me. Um, uh, but let us touch our tips, Jen. <laughs> let us no, gingerly touch, touch our tips. We'll never touch. Um, <laughs> It's I what agree. people it's tune right. in for. They like the homoeroticism. All right. This episode, this, this episode is going to be subtitled, Doug is Gay. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, Doug is gay. Doug is gay. <laughs> Air, airtight. Um, Doug takes it in the face. So. Okay, so there's a big countdown over the credits. They played, they played uh, a cover of The Littlest Hobo theme. If you're Canadian, you know what that is. Uh, if you're American, you don't yeah, care. Yeah, look it up on YouTube, you fucking people. <laughs> I'll do I'll, a ukulele I'll, version of it. Yes, please do. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and Sean counts down because he says that there's something so terrible at the end of this three minutes that you won't believe it. And what is it, Mo? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You know now I've seen "Let My Puppets Come," right. so I'm not I'm not entirely like unfamiliar with the idea of puppet porn. Uh, <laughs> but but so, but somehow knowing knowing the fact that you voiced the the that you voiced the puppet in this scene gave you a big bump. There's a puppet porn scene at the end after, essentially. Yeah, Dan you know, is fucking the female version of Yeah, the... essentially, essentially, you know, this sex tape that they've been talking about the entire movie, that's what this is. Yeah. Right. The joke, the joke is, let me explain the joke to you. That, that, There's a joke? That the idea, I just thought you were sick. The idea is that, uh, th- that he keeps referring to the sex tape, and we are supposed to think that he's referring to Jimmy Light Show, but the sex tape is actually of Minnie Light Show's wife. Uh, which is just a weird-looking... Uh, if anyone's ever seen the show, The Giggle Snort Hotel, it looks like one of those weird fucking characters. It kind of is disturbing to watch, I think. Um, yes. And he gets, he, but I always assumed that it was the puppet. Oh, well, then you are... Well, that's because you're sick. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's because that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> some spank bank, some spank bank material. Oh, and you've got it. Yeah. Well, I will say the most amusing part of this for me is that I had to dub over this puppet getting fucked from behind, and there's a part where he pushes the puppet's face into a pillow, and uh, so I had to dub all this stuff afterwards. So I had a pillow, and I was uh, there's a part where I just go. <laughs> <laughs> Website. 
<laughs> well, what's your favorite after the after the list hobo? What is your line that that you were referencing? Yeah, no, there's a line in the, in the theme song to Lilith's Hobo about him. Uh, he goes, "That's hobo style," and and I yell out, "Do me hobo style!" And uh, <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. And then I get fucked from behind, and uh, that's but me just saying that that is make my parents so proud. Uh, <laughs> but, but what was what was even I'm, I'm, more I'm disturbing? Was that uh, Doug told Nemo in, a, in an email? He didn't. He didn't want to tell you. But but during that whole <laughs> filming of the scene, even though he's not even operating the puppet, Doug is actually just underneath the cushions of the couch, <laughs> <laughs> face no, down, no ass up. I'm, I'm method, all right. So I needed yeah. to get into my part. No no I needed his part to get That's into me. The way he likes to fuck. Yeah. Oh man. Why did we watch this movie? <laughs> Because you've been crowing about it for ten episodes. Well, ten. This is it. This is the anniversary. Jesus, why? I think I think the I think the rule should be from now on. You're not allowed to mention it. That's it. Well, I think we. And I'm not allowed to be on the show anymore. <laughs> you bring out the worst in us, John. I have to say this. Uh, as my wife just barged in and said, this is the most homoerotic episode of, of Daily Grindhouse Presents No Bunch of Nightmares by about a million percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I assume that's why I was invited. <laughs> yeah, all of our episodes are a little homoerotic, but uh, but this one has been super homoerotic. Usually, it's just me well, it's just, randomly referencing I'm, Michael Fassbender, but this this is something else entirely. <laughs> I'm just jealous because your podcast is doing so well um, <laughs> that what I'm trying to do is derail it. And, uh, you know, stop some of your listeners listening to, to your, your show. and maybe I have, a sneaking, sus- I have a sneaking suspicion that this is actually just going to bring in more <laughs> listeners. After you derail Mo, can you derail me? <laughs> <laughs> With pleasure. How far, how far away do you live again? You're, you're, in, uh, you're in New York, right? I can be there in a few hours. I was oh, going to say, for you, for you, it would probably, probably be about five or six mm-hmm. hours. For me, it would be like seven or eight. Right. I, I, I didn't expect our podcast to devolve into some weird orgy, but there it is. Clearly, clearly, you did not listen to the Halloween episode of Drunk on VHS. Because me, me and John go off on some real fucking weird tangents. On that. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Follow the Original Six. That's the entirety of the movie. Uh, and yes, we did have a premiere. We showed it to people. We made a DVD with a commentary. Uh, and special features, uh, and and uh, did and and obviously a, a, a blooper reel yeah. because you keep mentioning no. It. There's this blo- there's this great blooper reel or outtakes. <laughs> wonderful outtakes. Uh, you can amuse your friends and family. Uh, it's, Is there more of you in it, Doug? It's it's all me. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, all, real all good. for the movie and stuff that Doug filmed last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending it to them. All I'm gonna, all I'm gonna do is it's just you, it's you is, doing the bit from Silence of the Lambs with the tuck and the <laughs> <laughs> would you would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me with wild horses or whatever he's playing. Yeah, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye horses, horses by horses, Q Lazarus. Only for some reason it's a dub version called Goodbye Trousers. I don't know what that's <laughs> Goodbye, trousers. (laughs) Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. (laughs) Guys, I 
Well, it's kind of funny that you should mention that because right now uh, Doug has Doug has his wife. Doug has his wife in, a, in like a in like an eight foot deep pit. You know, and he keeps and he keeps yelling to her. You know, it puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. I thought you were gonna say it's funny you should mention that because at the moment Doug does have a mangina. <laughs> I'm a married man. I married an American. My balls have been gone for so long. Uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, see, that's what, that's, see, that's what we all have in common. We're, we're all of, uh, of, of different nationalities, but we all married horrible American women. And that's why our, hey, I, didn't, I didn't say horrible. Well, I did. That's why there's nothing okay. offensive about our homoeroticism in this episode, because we have... We not, or maybe I'm the only one who married a horrible American woman. <laughs> no, I did too. Uh, <laughs> because we, of course... My wife doesn't listen to my stuff, so it doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> Lucky her. My wife tries not to, but I live in a very small apartment. Yeah. Uh, so that's rock paper scissors, the fall of the original six. I'm sorry. Well, everybody. I for one enjoyed it. <laughs> that's one for enjoy. I, I, I hate I hated doing the podcast. It was a, a, mm. a pain in the ass. But the film <laughs> itself, I really yeah. Enjoyed. Sorry about your ass, that's, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's, how I, that's how I feel every week. <laughs> every time we record, that's how I'm like. Oh yeah, great. You know, we're gonna we're gonna record this podcast. The movie was awesome. The podcast sucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I'll try. I'll try to see if I can get this down to uh, to under two hours. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. How, really what are we up to right now? Uh, two hours. Uh, uh, yeah, we're just yeah two hours four minutes. That's not bad. You could probably cut at least forty five minutes out of this fucking episode. Like I say, just cut me out of it. <laughs> Be sure to leave in the part where you take a shit, Mo. <laughs> yeah. I didn't take a shit. <laughs> oh, we could hear. You could- I was going to say, in which case, add a part where you take <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, could you guys hear me peeing in the background? Yes. Nice. I didn't close the bathroom door. Uh, <laughs> oh, we know. Just for your German <laughs> listeners, take a shit on the Ah, <laughs> uh, and now, the Scheiser. <laughs> Just end it. Es in mein Scheiser. Sorry. End it with my ukulele uh, version of the littlest hobo as <laughs> you taking a shit in the background. <laughs> it's like, a new high. <laughs> a new high for the fucking podcast. Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Well, thank you I, for having me on. I never thought that you would have guests, but I'm very. Uh, and we're never no, going to. I can see why we ever did that. I think about it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why why I was picked. Uh, I was thoroughly confused because like it kept mentioning it, but I never really thought anything was happening. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting files sent to me and stuff. I'm like, "What's going on again? What is this?" Yeah, and files sent to you on Mega Upload, which you failed to fucking download before <laughs> the government then got rid of Mega Upload. Uh, I so failed to fucking download because I'm fucking useless. Yes. Okay? Well, at least we have that cleared up. We learned something here today, didn't we? <laughs> Also, I was like, what is Doug sending me? What is this? Oh, I'm sure this is a mistake. <laughs> oh, this is puppet porn? Okay, sure, no problem. <laughs> it's a, it's a three-hour-long video of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how he could film something so small for so long. This is micro-photography. <laughs> hey! It's like the number three it's, didn't fit anywhere near his dick. Anyway. It's, it's time-lapse photography. We're watching it like, come around. Enhance. Enhanced. You laughed Enhanced. about that, but there, there is a, isn't there an Andy Warhol movie or a John... There, there's either a John Lennon... Uh, an Andy Warhol movie that um, influenced John Lennon, or there is a John Lennon movie in which uh, he films his erect penis in extreme slow-mo. Yeah, well, that's... That actually exists who, somewhere. Is it John Lennon's erect penis or Andy Warhol's? This is a very important question. Or is it Yoko Ono's? <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's Yoko Ono's. Andy um, Warhol's yeah. dick. 
Her clit's so big it looks like a penis. I, th- I think oh it was during that time where they were filming each other naked a lot and people were throwing up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 70s. Yeah. Anyway, uh, th- that's the end of this movie. Uh, but before we, uh, <laughs> we clue up for today, uh, we should mention a couple of things. A little house cleaning. Uh, first, we should mention that our next episode is going to focus on a movie that's very different from the one that we just featured. What is it, Mo? Uh, Redneck County Fever. Redneck County Fever, a movie that neither Mo or myself have... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. Me and Doug burped at the exact same time, but I just kept it in. I'm just like, oh, Doug's talking. I don't want to burp. But I don't want to burp over his talking. Uh, A movie that neither Mo or myself have seen or know anything about and also doesn't have an internet movie database page, so we... because uh, I made it. I didn't tell you, but I made it. <laughs> oh, John, you want to come back on? i come back on next movie? week, and I'm just going to talk for hours and insist people listen to them by due time. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me, John, does this movie have an outtake that we could be watching? <laughs> it does. I've said it to you. Why haven't you watched, <laughs> why haven't you watched my outtakes? <laughs> Yeah. Why haven't you? Why didn't you watch it a second time with 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 director? Yeah. Right? How I, come? Um, <laughs> I actually said to Mo the other day. I said, "Are we are we expected to watch the commentary?" And I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> I feel now that you're laughing at me and it depresses. No, me. not at all. Not, no. <laughs> not at you. With you. So yeah. So the next time we're gonna talk about the uh, redneck uh, redneck county fever, and I don't know what that's about. It sounds like it could be a snuff film. All I, all I know is that it's from 2001. It's only 60 minutes mm. long, so it's another one of those Delicious. classic, not even full-length features. And uh, and that it's apparently starring somebody named J.P. Black. Ooh, sounds, uh, that sounds awful. I don't racist. know what that sounds like. <laughs> sounds <laughs> racist. It's J.P. African American. Please say it. Meant to be well, at least I didn't say J.P. N-word. Oh, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, what is going on here? So, so, but, but here's, oh, but here's the thing though. It's it's from 2001, which means that it can go either way. Like it's from that kind of like gray period where they were still kind of making okay like low budget movies, and it's not like it's not like 2003, 2004, and beyond where you know it's going to be bad. You know, so so there's some potential, there's possibility, but it's probably. Gonna I'm be hoping good. it was filmed as a response to 9/11. Uh, I mean, the rednecks really had they really had the great perspective on that. So, uh, oh, yeah. so I'm sure that it'll be tasteful. They have a great perspective on everything. <laughs> they're, they're always so intelligent, you know, about the real key issues of the day. Are you kidding me? When those towers came down, that's when they started chanting four more years. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, that we're going to be focusing on that next time. And God only knows if someone wants to give us feedback about this fucking episode. But if they do, what would they have to do, Mo, in order to oh, do that? Send it to aftermoviediner at gmail.com. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike they, Mo, I actually remember my fucking password. I, yeah, I know. I feel like such a tool. Yeah, I totally, I totally lost the password for our email account. So if, so if, you, have, if you have any comments uh, on this particular episode, you want to bitch me out? You send it to me. Um, it's you can send it to drunkonvhs at gmail.com. Uh, I, I, 
I can't help but be reminded of the end of the last episode, the, mo- the previous episode of this podcast, where we talk about entering a new era of professionalism and quality. <laughs> we were talking about how the quality of the show was really going to really get higher now that uh, Mo has got his new system and set up, and this is what we fucking shit out All I said was audio quality. I never said anything about what we say is going to get better. <laughs> well, we sound great. <laughs> we're going to sound awesome. Yes. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I'm saying sorry gonna, in that I'm Canadian cut, way. I'm going to cut every single one of those ums out. and <laughs> Yeah, that, that'll Actually, take you down to two hours, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's six minutes worth of ums in this movie, or in this uh, podcast. And in the movie. Yeah, nah. There's a lot of ums and ahs and ums. Um, well, all right, we got we to put this baby to bed. It's been a thrill. Oh, no, let's, let's do an official send-off. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> to an official send-off? Isn't that where you, like, stick a flag in the end of your dick or something? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I just want... Was that being buried at sea? I have no idea. I just want to say that I appreciate everybody for listening, and I appreciate John for uh, showing up and talking uh, and with his wonderful accent uh, <laughs> about asses and, and dicks and all sorts and, of and being, stuff I don't know a lot like, about. but uh, And, like, third, third input life. sex and... Oh, God. Wait a minute, the wife's back. What's yeah, I know. She just started screaming stuff. We're going to have to do this part over again. <laughs> Please go away. <laughs> Is there a puppet in your apartment, Doug, like attacking your wife? Is that what's happening? Yeah. No, because if there was, then Doug would be doing the voice. Right. <laughs> Doobie hobo style. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think we should end this off in puppet voices. I think No, I think we should ask Jill how many times she's had to sit through this fucking... <laughs> well, you, you do not want to ask her that question. <laughs> Yeah, we really don't. Oh, okay. Uh, how many times have you seen Rock, Paper, Scissors, The Fall of the Original Six? Three times. Three times. And I hate and how it long have you guys... more each time. God bless We've you. Been married. And how long have you guys been married? Our third anniversary is coming up in March, so... What day do you even know? March 24th. Wow. Uh, do not... So hang on a second. <laughs> she has to watch it now every single year. That's so she, so she can be reminded of why she married me in the first place. That's, that should be your anniversary gift every year. <laughs> Honey, here's another copy of Rock, Paper, Scissors, The Fall of the Original Three. That and a steaming turd and a brown paper bag. <laughs> I set it on fire and put it on the porch. Go stamp it out. I, can, can, I, can I say one serious point about the film? And, yes. and that was actually going over the film again and remembering like some of the scenes in it and stuff. There was some actually some really... Like fun stuff in the film, and some I fun agree. Stuff I in agree. It, and it was I well written, 100%. and some bits were well done. Well, we, we, I agree. I'll tell you, if you're going to make a movie, then you want to throw as much shit as you can in there, because at least then it's not boring. Like, and we've seen exactly. a lot of boring. And this is it. We used every idea we had and put it in the movie, for better or for worse. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I, I, for, I did a, I did a film when I finished university, exactly the same kind of principle. Every kind of joke I thought of, every kind of scene I wanted to do, I did. The only problem is, unlike you, I didn't finish it. So at least you finished something, you got it done. There was music and there was effects and there was things and so on. And it, it, I went with the characters and understood the plot enough to get what was going on, and it was fine. Like that, it, that on that aspect, it worked. I thought. Well, fuck you. So take that. <laughs> How dare you compliment my film? Go fuck yourself. I really do appreciate you uh, being on the podcast, John. Uh, we don't usually have a third voice, a third opinion, a third point of view, and it's uh, it is has been refreshing in the way that it has been exhausting. <laughs> <laughs>
And we should probably and we should probably let people know that if this episode comes out and it sounds just a little extra goofy or odd, it's probably because when we started this, half of us were were exhausted and one of us was drunk. So yeah. just putting oh it out there. God. I think just, just putting it. Yeah, and, and I think you've sobered up over the eight hours we've been recording. Actually, I've kind of been there. drinking the whole time, so I really kind of haven't, but I plan to now. Mo, Mo I suggest that you drink while editing it. As well. <laughs> that, yeah, the edit's going to be tough. All right, let's, let's say goodbye to those wonderful people out there. Thank you so much. We're sorry it'll never and happen again. I'll blow again. you all kisses. Mwah. Mwah. those too. Alright, good night everybody Holy shit Good night Iceman Good night John Boy Bye everybody Do me hobo style And scene Doug underscore Tilly.